I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I'm ready Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one bitty. We never change what's happening. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson here. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that store. You gotta be marketable. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, dude. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, you name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Price Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace.
What up, what up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB TikTok just suspended me once again. Let me take the phone off. <laughs> we don't need that now. God, this, the, the pussies in America, the pussification of the world. Oh, my goodness. You can talk, but I can't talk back. And then they ban you. That shit is crazy to me. But it is what it is. It's the Coach AB Show. It is Doc Talk Tuesday. And it wouldn't be the Coach AB Show without my main man, Ball State legend, fucked up hairline having, Naptown's finest, Far East Side. Ball State legend, I think I said it, but I'm going to say it again for all the people out there that are in the small world. Because Ball State's down there in the bottom. You know, they'll never make a playoff. They'll never get into the tournament. So we got to shout out those type of cats. Naptown, Colts, goggle-wearing, thinking AR5 is the real deal. Racists, Gardner Minshew. Big Smitty, clap it up for Big Now, that's the type of intro that I like to hear, JB. That's how you introduce your co-host to the show. And it's funny that you mentioned that TikTok banned you right off the bat. Could not read your shirt. That is the perfect quote to correlate with what just happened. My opinion offended you. You should hear what I keep to myself, TikTok. Woo! Come on now. That's you don't know bar. about these shirts. I got shirts that are, I just got shirts for everywhere. People don't even know about the shirts I got. <laughs> so Man. you want to get these shirts? You want to buy these shirts? Let me know. Uh, I'll shoot. I'll hook it up. Exclusive, man. That's cool. Hey, man, real quick. I know we're going to dive into it, so I ain't going to dive into it too much right now. But, hey, man, D. Jones, you all right? <laughs> D. Jones, you good? Hold on. I'm not laughing because Trevor got hurt. I'm not laughing. They were losing before Trevor got hurt. Don't get it twisted, JB. They was down three points before Trevor went down. They was down there about to lose the game against Browning before he got hurt. So I ain't. I don't laugh at injuries, man. Teasing peas up for Trevor Lawrence. But them Jaguars ain't looking so hot right now. <laughs> the AFC South, the weakest conference, the weakest division in the NFL. The Jazz going to run away with it. Hey, I thought so, too. I ain't going to lie. JB thought y'all was going to win. We all thought y'all was going to win. We all was rooting for y'all. This was y'all year. Y'all one game away from losing the first place. <laughs> DJ talked all that shit, Jay. By the way, I should have went with my gut. I, you know, yesterday you and you and Weddle kind of conned me. I, I was gonna, you know, I was going with the Bengals by three, and god damn it, I, I'm 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 right on with my gut, man. I just I, I, ha. always god, go with your gut, baby. You know, always go with your gut. I know, but I tried to appease you and Weddle, even though, but the truth knows, everyone knows I was gonna go with the Bengals to shock the world, and I would have won. Um. We got a lot of break going on today, Big Smitty. We got to get into this uh, right out the gate. Let's introduce the show on what's on today. It is Doc Talk Tuesday. Dr. Jesse Morris will join us with all the injuries. Steve Kim, Tank Johnson. Tank Johnson on Tuesdays is with us for an hour, hour and a half. We don't know. We just go through the show with Tank. Can't wait for him and Smitty to argue. So then I'm not so racist. I'm out the bloop on it. Um, but the thumbnail has Trevor Lawrence out for the season. 
Damn. Jack season over? They lose an overtime thriller to the Bengals. Cover your eyes, D. Jones. Cover your eyes, D. Jones. Browning goes off and has the performance of his life. And just contrary to belief, I do not agree with Smitty on this because even though they were down when he got hurt, the game was tied five times, which is an all-time high for the season. The game was tied five different times, back and forth, back and forth. So the loss to Christian Kirk actually changed the game early on. He was hurt, play one, snap one, and nobody's going to talk about that. But we're going to dive into it, Smitty, uh, here on the... Wait, I got a lot to say about these sad wires. I mean, the Jaguars. I got a lot to say, JB. But I know we got a loaded show today, not only with guests, but with topics and uh, we also got some sponsors too, JB. What's that picture right, right there behind your head right now, JB? AQMS. That's the number one mover in America. And they will send you anywhere you want to go. Plus, move your furniture, your cars, whatever you want. All you got to do is call 1 888 3110 and tell them Coach JB sent you. AQMS, affordable quality moving and storage. They'll move anything. Celebrities, regular folks, they, they work with your budget. Go head on over to AQMS. Use my promo code, which is the phone number, 1-888-233-3110. Uh, all right, Smitty, it's on you. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. We got a lock loaded show today, man. And like we said, man, number one, the thumbnail, you guys already saw it. Trevor Lawrence out for the season. The Jack season over. We shall see. But moving to some college football, JB, I'm going to start right there. Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. are all set for the Heisman showdown, man. We got to decide, man, who are we going to pick for our Heisman winner, man? You going with you going with the wide out Marvin Harrison? You going with a quarterback? Does Jaden still have enough to win it? We shall see, man. I don't know, JB. What we got next, we're gonna, though? We're going to dive into it. Bama's QB, Buckner, who's the backup, enters the portal, Smitty, but not mm. for football. Lacrosse. Is why he's entered the portal. Can't wait to what? dive into this one. Very unique situation. Um, God damn, we can't. I can't wait to break that down. Go ahead. That is wild, man. And speaking of portal, man, yesterday was a huge day. They had over twelve hundred people enter the portal just yesterday. An all-time one-day high, JB. Like I don't know what's happening right now with college football. I'm, I'm honestly glad I did not play in the transfer portal era because it just makes you confused. It gives you wishful thinking to a lot of kids who a lot of them are going to go in that portal and they're going to be stuck. They're not going to play and they're going to mess up their, their entire careers, man. So we got to dive into that, JB. The the Giddy case, uh, Oklahoma Thunder, City Thunder, the Giddy case takes a crazy turn. A lawyer hired to rep the girl's family, Allred, who's a world-famous uh, lawyer, He's going to represent uh, Gloria Allred. She's going to represent the family. So the family apparently is kind of saying, well, we're not we're not trying to press charges. We're out the loop on this. Probably Giddy might have just, you know, broke them off. We don't know. So we're trying to figure out what's going on, but we're going to break that down as well. Man, oh, man. And you can see her picture right there. I know she means business. She's standing on business, JB. But anyway, man, moving on. Back to the NFL, Robert Sala. Is he starting a fourth quarterback, JB? 
it's all types of hell and chaos going on in New York, man. Zach Wilson still wants to play, but I think that, you know, Coach Sala, I'm hearing rumors that he don't, he don't really rock with Wilson no more, and it's still a up in the air as far as which quarterback will start. So I don't know, man. The likelihood of Aaron Rodgers playing this season is starting to just dwindle and dwindle because they are not winning games, and a large part of that is because they can't figure out the quarterback position in his absence, JB. So I don't know. TBD on that. Yeah. Um, Halliburton's first triple-double powers the Pacers over the Celtics. Everybody's saying the Celtics are so good. Pacers are better than a lot of people think, and he gets his first triple-double, 25-10 with zero turnovers. Uh, third time this season. Um, they been beat hooping. the Celtics. He's been hooping, man. He representing Naptown, putting Naptown on his back. He's a young superstar in the make. So shout out to him. Watch that game last night, man. Back to some football, man. The Mannings, my favorite family, my favorite football family. I'll say they couldn't believe believe their eyes on Monday Night Football. You guys see this picture on the right? He's squinting a little bit. It looks like a couple. I'm into that, JB. I don't even know. I'm into that, baby. I love kind of thick. Yeah, you got a little. Hey, 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 you got a little. got a little. Hey, you got a little. Kirk Herbstreit is going to come on the show. I just texted him yesterday. He's going to come on the show. We're going to get him on here. He's under fire for showing the four helmets uh, about 10 minutes prior to the selection committee. Further proving ESPN's agenda on pushing an SEC team in the final four is what rumors are to be said. So Kirk Herbstreit defending himself, kind of going in on it. They're going hard on him. Ah, we're going to dive into that, man. I don't even want to make any assumptions yet. We're going to dive into that one. Man, it could just be a big coincidence, but we shall see, man. Jeff Fish, man, he talked about, uh, you know, Arizona's approach with the transfer portal and how there should be a a documentary done on the, on the 2022 recruiting class. Um, we're going to play this video a little later so you guys can really hear what he said. But uh, interesting take, man, with his approach. And uh, we got to see if you agree. Deion Sanders back in the news again, shocker, says he's going after line men and former players are now coming out talking about him as he's on a good friend of ours. Jason Whitlock's had several players who have left the program on the Whitlock show. Oh, my goodness. Can't wait to get dive into that. That kid right there looks like a future president, though, not a football player. But we're going to break that down. Oh man, I did not see that. I got to go back and watch that interview with uh with, with Jason. Uh, but anyway, man, another big time transfer. We're gonna talk a lot of transfer portals today. Dylan Gabriel, man, from Oklahoma, is going to Oregon uh, with Bo Nix graduating. Obviously, the Ducks is gonna need a quarterback, and they're gonna replace him with a very experienced, you know, uh, quarterback. And Dylan Gabriel, guy who was lighting it up with Oklahoma offensively, uh, big pickup in my opinion for Dan Lanning and, and the Oregon Ducks, but. Are you guys cool with these top quarterbacks leaving a program and transferring like this late in their career? We're going to jump into that, man, and see. 
So Joe Burrow gets put on the sideline, Big Smitty. I just want to be clear. And he helps out on the sideline, as leaders should. Deshaun Watson is in the press box. Mm. Chilling. Big Mm. chilling after his season's over. One clearly cares. The other one clearly stole a bag and is an absolute joke when it comes to leading and being the mentor for your young QBs in the room. You got a young QB in the room, and you're fucking up in there with the glasses on in the press box, dog. I Back in the day, Vic Smitty, you weren't even allowed in the press box when you were injured. If you were able to walk, you were on the sideline keeping your mind in the game. I pay you all that money to be – are you an owner? I, I, mm. I'm just confused, dog, on what's going on. Could be racist. Could, Could not. I don't know. But guess what? We're going to dive into that one. Hey, that man, hey. He might not be an owner, but he got paid like he got a percent of the fucking team. So <laughs> he might be feeling like that. Um, but then lastly, JB, we're going to have some top five lists. I don't know if you got your top five, but I know I snuck me in the top five. So we're going to have a little some lists kind of join the show and we're going to debate about that. So as you can see, man, lock, loaded and ready to go. And we got to shout out Timothy Berry, man. Super chat. This is how you do it. It's how you start the show. We ain't even bring up super chat. We ain't saying about no money. But real fans, they just support the show. JB, can you talk about the JUCO uh, 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 NC game in East Mississippi? Timothy Barry, JB, you got anything on that real quick, real brief? I guess that's the national championship uh, is what that abbreviation. Okay, never I know what North Carolina, I know what yeah, it was. Exactly. Never seen that abbreviation before for national champion. You could just say Natty next time, guy. Appreciate you, though. Um, I have no fucking idea. I don't even know who played in it. So, <laughs> Thank you, though. Um, I didn't know who won. I don't know who played in it. I don't know who won. I have no fucking idea. I could give a fuck less, uh, to be honest. And and so do you. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers who won the Natty in about three months in JUCO. They're going to remember who won the BCS or now the college football playoff. So nobody's going to care about the JUCO Natty. But it is uh, – I'm glad you're keeping it relevant. I appreciate you. And – uh I don't even know who East Mississippi played. Who did they play? Iowa Western or Hutch or who? I don't, I, I don't even know. Um, we got some hell yes, hell no's. We're going to do that with Big Tank to end the show. We liked that segment last week. Uh, we got some white people shit, some brother shit, some white girl shit maybe. Oh, but let's start off with the morning rant, Big Smitty, and uh, get your take on this before we get into the quote of the day. 1,200, 1,200 have entered the portal. What a joke this has become, Big Smitty. How have we ruined such a great sport at the most pure level of all, college football? Mm-hmm. It has been absolutely ruined by allowing kids to fail at an all-time high. The percentage of kids who transfer and actually make it, Big Smitty, are astronomically low. Why are all the adults in the room allowing this to happen? That is the question. That is the question that I want to keep asking. When are we going to stop it, Big Smitty? NIL accompanied by Transfer Portal has allowed for failures of the high school kid, of the college kid, and now you're seeing it at the NFL level. Players are performing at all-time lows due to lack of proper coaching, preparation, fundamentals, and lack of nuts and guts because we have no more tough skin. We lack integrity and mental fortitude when it comes to allowing kids to fail at an all-time high. 
We are making our future fathers inept when it comes to raising our children the right way. We are enabling, entitling, and flat out allowing all the wrong shit to occur. Not only on the football field, Big Smitty, but in life. And that's what I truly believe about the goddamn transfer portal. That's what I think it's doing. Out of these 1,200 kids, Big Smitty, 1,000 of them, you'll never hear from them again. Never. Mm. You'll get 200 of them maybe play. The other 1,000 will sit in there. They'll sit in there. They'll sit in there. And then you'll wait and ask what happened. And they'll say, oh, I went to fucking Fordham. I went to Howard. This guy was at Clemson. (laughs) Like, let it sink in, people. They're continuing to continue to continue to head down the wrong path. But we don't do anything. We allow it. We allow the portal to just sit there and become a cesspool of failure. And I'm just like, dog, it's Mm. becoming really, really just disheartening because you're seeing kids sit in there because it's like leading them down the path with no return. And you know the return is zero. There's no U-turn. There's no U-turn at the end. It's a dead end. And that's it. They hit the dead end. And there's no coming back, and that is what happens. Just look at all the the success stories of the NI or the of the transfer portal, Big Smitty. Please, and the first two everyone's going to mention is Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Stop yeah. it. There's anomalies. There's outliers, and there's exceptions to every rule. Just keep it real. But the percentage overall is very, very low. Most likely, the percentage is not going to be Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. It's going to be JT Daniels. Mm. That is what normally, that's the normal. That's the norm. That is what's really out there. And JT Daniels, by the way, just medically retired. Mm. Medically retired, whatever that fucking means from football. You can't retire when you're an amateur, but now we're not amateurs anymore, I guess, in, in, in college football. They're pros, but JT Daniels was never a pro. He was never a pro. He transferred five times. Just look at all these kids who have done it over and over and over and failed. And the, you don't talk about it, Big Smitty. I can go get on the stats. We could pull up the thousands of kids that no one ever heard from again. But only people you're going to remember are Joe Burrow and fucking a few others. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. couple other guys. Oh, yeah, you, more current. You could, you could say Bo Nix, you know, being a high yeah, finalist. He's transferred. 28. Jordan Addison, receiver. Yeah, and and Bo Nix is 28. I mean, he's been in the league. I mean, he's been in college football how long? Hella long. I mean, seriously, he's been been in – I think he started in, what, 17? I think so. Yeah, I think so. 17, bro. Six. You're – Joe Burton's been in the league going on five years. Put Put it like this. Bo Nix beat Herbert in college. Put it like this: Joe Burrow and Bo Nix were in college together. Put it like this: Nicks. I think Bo Nix might be older than Lamar. Jack. I'm gonna look it up. I'm dead I'm ass. What? I'm just like, dog. It's crazy. It's crazy. But Bo Nix is 23. He he, he feels older yeah, for some reason. He's 23. 23. So yeah, so 17. So you know, I mean, I, I wasn't serious about 28, but I know he's 23 years old, dog. Most NFL players are already in the league. Right. That's true. He's old, man. He's old as hell. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but nah, man, the transfer portal is crazy right now. Like, you know, it's it's tough for me because I do know that there are situations where 
it benefits a player to transfer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's a situation where it's like, man, you just had nothing to do with, with competition and trying to fight it out. It's like, nah, I just this team is is super is just deep. And the my likelihood of playing is just slim to numb. And I might not play in, for real until my senior year. And does it make sense for me to wait a long, wait that long when I can go to a another good team that maybe doesn't have uh, the same depth at my position and go play right now and get that experience on the field. It's like, it's hard to argue, argue with it with a kid like that. When at the end of the day, yeah, the goal was to go to the NFL, of course, like that, but even bigger than that, the goal is just to play right now too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like even if college football was, is where it all ends at, like it did for me, I, at least I can look back, but you know what, man, I had a good experience at ball state. I played a lot. I didn't red shirt, played a decent amount my freshman year. Wasn't that crazy rotated super heavy my sophomore year and I became the starter and the captain my junior year it was a progression senior year obviously I got hurt and I missed that but my point being is that I can look back and, and, and don't have regrets where I got teammates who were really talented got good grades did everything they're supposed to do but for whatever one reason or another the head coach just didn't really value their skill set for what he was looking for and the, and the man barely touched the football field and it's like you know, he looks back now, or even I look back, I'm like, damn, I wonder, should, should he had transferred maybe after his sophomore year and would that change things? Like, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? And, again, this is me being – there's guys who are just not good and you're just not going to play, and that just is what it is. But there are guys who are honestly good where you compete against these guys on scout team or at practice, and it's like, damn, like, why the hell coach ain't putting this guy in the game? Like, is it is it is it personal? Is it – like, I, I don't know. It's just different thoughts come in your head where it's like, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand it. You got certain coaches where they're super big on scheme where, you know, if a, let's say your original coaching staff who you went to school with, they leave because they had a good season. A new staff comes in. Let's say you're a D lineman like myself. And there's a lot of D line coaches where they're like, they like to have like all their guys be six, three and over. And that's like their particular thing. Like if you ain't six, three, then you're not playing for this particular coach. So a cat like me, who's fucking five, 11 and a fourth. Well, I'm, that's going to change everything for me. So, I should transfer. So my point of bringing up these, these examples is because there are a lot of times when things happen that are like out of your control, where it does benefit you tremendously to transfer. Now, my where my problem comes in at is when it's the fact that guys, like you said, JT Daniels, when you're transferring five times, it's like, okay, bro, like that, that, that like, come on, at some point, what's the common denominator? It's you. Why do you, you've been to five different schools and you and you and they're the problems. Every school you went to is the problem. So it's like, come on, bro. At some time, at some point, you gotta use common sense. But hey, maybe I just ain't that good. Maybe I'm just fucking up. Maybe I'm there's something that you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, maybe it's me. I don't mind a kid transferring once, maybe twice, like maximum twice. But I'm even on the fence with that. But after after two times, like you should, it should be a rule. After two times, it's a wrap. Like it's over. And, and I'm damn near, I really don't even know if I feel good about two because you already went to a school initially and committed there. Then you you, you transfer once, you're at another school. So it's like to do it to do it again, that's still kind of a lot. So I don't know. Maybe they should just go back to the old school rule when I played. You transfer one time. You know, if you got some shit going on, you know, with family, you need to be back closer to home. That was always the excuse when I played. Like a kid wants to be closer to home because – grandma was sick or whatever the case may be they'll they'll give you a pass to transfer set out one year and then boom i think let the kid transfer one time don't make them sit out 
but that's a, but it's a wrap. Like it's a, you you trap for once, you're done. You don't sit out, you play immediately, but you're done. You can't go nowhere else. If it doesn't work here, then it won't work. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know how we're allowing it. We're gonna and football's gonna be over. College football, as you know, is going to be an absolute joke here in a minute because you're going to have zero football programs. And like I said yesterday, you're going to have an issue at the academic level. You're going to have a major issue in the academic level with financial aid, fucking Title IX. You're going to have a lot of issues at the four-year levels, especially the mid-major level, the smaller school that doesn't have these huge, huge resources. You're going to have a lot of major issues. I wouldn't be shocked if the North Texases of the world and uh, and 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 the Rices and the fucking Sam Houston states and uh, all these smaller places fold and eventually in the next ten years. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Um, this for, I want to show you this real quick. Uh, where is it at? Pop it up, Bailey, because I can't find shit. Oh, here's the transfer portal numbers as of right now. That's crazy. Damn. Almost over 4,000 total. Yeah. Now it is, yeah. Golly. So 1,200 were just the FBS, basically. Golly. Yeah, that was, just, wow. just, that was just D1. That's why I said it. But, yeah, it, it's never the total. See, the total is going to be 7,000 by the end of the week. Yeah, that's I remember sad. though. Remember though, this is men's football we're talking. This isn't women's soccer, women's softball, women or men's basketball. This isn't any other thing. We got a fucking guy going into the lacrosse portal. This is everybody. It's not just football no more. So please make sure everybody understands that. Like this is not just this is just football. So Man. I'm just saying. Let's get into the quote of the day, man. Start to show up and get to number one here. Uh, make sure you uh, head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Quote of the day. It is better to face the truth of life's harsh reality than live in the falsehood of make-believe happiness. Mm. Um. Like that I'd one. rather just get told the truth, Big Smitty, nowadays at this age, too. I'd rather know the truth, hear the truth, tell the truth, than hear all this fake massaging. I've been massaged and bullshitted and patted on my back my whole life just to be fucked over or lied to or told some bullshit that just blowing smoke up my ass. I'd just rather be told the truth. Tell the truth, hear the truth, accept the truth, move on, be better. I don't know. Contrary to <laughs> belief. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Contrary to belief, hard work still trumps handouts. Mm. Contrary to belief, <laughs> hard work still trumps handouts. Contrary to belief, integrity still shows one's true character. Contrary to belief, and character character is still defined by one's actions, not words. Contrary to belief. And effort still requires zero talent, mm. contrary to belief. Effort still requires zero talent, and that's in everything you goddamn do. It don't require any ta- any effort, dog. You don't need talent to have effort, Big Smitty. To give me effort, you don't need talent. 
You don't got to be the best talent guy out there. But when you say effort is a talent. It's not. It's a determination. It's a internal skill set, fortitude, mental strength, fucking will to not lose, will to succeed, all that shit. There's no talent in effort. It's just a matter of me versus you. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outgrind you. You're much more talented. Dog, I was a much... I was nowhere near as talented cat as I was in college, but I never lost the starting spot because I outworked everybody. And then I had a you know big time cannon, you know, smart. I could do this, spin it. But I'm just saying, athletically, like as far as running four four, and f- I, I wasn't that guy. But I outworked you. Yeah. Me, so, I don't know. Um, me. And that's probably why I mean you get along, JB, because I wasn't that guy either. My, my like my actual numbers outside of like bench press was like average. But you put the shoulder pads on, and no matter where I started at, I, I ended up taking over. I ended up becoming a starter in high school, and I became a captain. I ended up earning a, a full wild scholarship. People, people be oh, you with the ball stay. I hear you, but my entire college was paid for. <laughs> I didn't drop a dime in college. They, they invested six figures in your boy to go play football. So I don't care if it's Mac, Swack, Dap, or Cap. I didn't pay a dime to go play football and get my education paid for it. So, uh, you know, go to college, become all conference. I'm the same guy, bro. I'm not, I'm 5'11". I'm fucking short legs, fucking hands, big ass hand, big dick. Like I got those things, but like, I ain't the fastest guy in the world, but I go out there and make plays. Y'all saw that squad video yesterday. Y'all was nervous when Bailey's put that video up on there. So just a hard worker, man. I'm not going to be outworked by anybody, including JB. Time out. Can we do a stat of the day? Please do. In honor of my main man, Hector. Hector, I'm going to do stat of the day. Hector is a betting extraordinaire. He said best show on planet Earth on the internet. Uh, they opened up a dispensary by me, and they were selling watermelon strawberry weed. <laughs> Shout out. Hey, what do I know, Hector? Um, here we go. Stat of the day. Patrick Mahomes is 66 it's 0.667 winning percentage this year. He's 2.2 past touchdowns to interceptions. His pass rating is 90.1. Yards per completion is 10. Game-winning drives, one. That's Patrick Mahomes this year. Mm. This guy's winning percentage is 0.667, the same. Passing touchdowns versus interceptions, 2.3. Pass rating, 92.4. Yards per completion, 10.6. Game-winning drives, one. Who's that guy? Is that Mahomes? No, I gave you Mahomes the first one. That second one was someone else. Oh, shit. Brock Purdy. Tommy DeVito. Same stats as fucking Mahomes. Holy shit, homie. I don't even want to dive into anyone else. I mean, goddamn. And we know. Don't fucking compare the Giants to this goddamn Chiefs roster. You better not fucking compare no goddamn Giants roster. Holy shit. 
Patrick Mahomes is so fucking elite, though. <laughs> so what you're saying is the Chiefs will be, will be better with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback, or they'd be the Probably. same. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Damn near. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, whew, we got a lot going on. Wait till Doc gets in here. But let's start off with this banger. Trevor Lawrence out for the season. Jag season's over. They lose Christian Kirk, first play of the game. They lose an overtime thriller to the Bengals. Browning goes off and has a performance of his fucking life. The Browning Cat, Washington, you Browning over Burrow. You dubs finest. Hell Look at that time. He's dropping a one-hander. One-hander. Ooh, shit. Browning of a borough. I don't think nobody could expect you this. UW, Pac-12's finest last year. Browning representing. Look at that sale and that ride. He got that ride and that sale in there. Pulled the defense in down. Pulled the backer down. Sold it. Sold it. Look at this. Look at this ride in the line of scrimmage. This oh. motherfucker looks like mechanically better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to be honest with you. Mechanically, he is looking right. I mean, he is selling this thing. Pull up. Bam. Get your feet set. He has been coached the fuck up. This is how you play quarterback in the NFL. I'm just telling you right now. He only incompleted, what, five balls last night? Efficient, JB. Efficient. So can we just get back to my official take over the last two years? that you don't need to pay these motherfuckers when you got these guys as these backups who are doing the exact same thing, if not better? Slow your roll, JB. It's one game. Doing the same thing? Slow your roll, JB. But have I not been saying these backups have been doing the exact same things as the guys we're paying hundreds of millions to? Have I not been saying this? You've been saying it. You've been wrong, but you've been saying it, yes. Have I been wrong? Been... Cooper because... Rush? Cooper no. Rush proved me wrong? No. Yeah, yes, he did. Taylor Cooper Rush is, listen, Cooper Rush is my guy. We played each Hold other. On, Cooper keep... Rush, Cooper Rush is not, did not play the same guys. level as Dak. Hold on. Let's go through all the guys, though. It's not my point. It's the same level. What I'm saying is you're paying a guy absorbent amounts of money when the backup guy are doing the same things. So you're telling me that Gardner Minshew has been a fucking complete drop-off? From who? But, but <laughs> no. don't use the coach as an example. We ain't paid nobody yet. We ain't paid AR5. Just, we just drafted him. We ain't I'm got saying. no money. But that's what I'm telling you. These guys are out there. You can build a roster around these other guys. I'm just trying to tell you guys. You guys are so stuck on the paid guy that you call me extreme like Lauren Glenn. I'm extreme because I'm saying what I said. No, the fact of the fucking matter is Tommy DeVito is bowling. Are you shitting me? Who in the chat knew the fuck Tommy DeVito was before he started for the court for the fucking Giants? This is what I'm telling y'all. He's bowling. I'm telling you there are quarterbacks in the league that you can build a roster around like people didn't want to. Oh, coach, we can't we can't build a roster around Gardner Minshew. You can't do you can't build a roster around Brock Purdy. You can't build a roster around all these guys. What? Well, I've seen for the last five years, to be honest, but a little less the last two for sure, that a backup nobody's come in and absolutely bald, efficient, mechanically better than the starter. 
fucking don't have the ego as the starter. Fucking practices harder. Shows up and plays all the games. All this that is- sounds good, JB, but they still ain't better than the starter. Come on, man. Stop you getting all your like, like, homie. I'm you don't fucking have to be mechanics better. and how he does oh, it, no. how he approaches the game, and the way he uh, forget all that. Are you better than the starter? It's the reason the starter is a starter. It's the reason why the starter is playing. You don't listen. You're not listening like these chat guys. I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm not, JB. I guess I'm not. All I'm saying is you don't have to pay these guys, and you can build a better roster than paying a guy. Who's gonna be in the fucking press box like Deshaun Watson right now? While your other quarterbacks out there as a rookie playing right now with a great defense and just basically getting out, put out of the playoff hunt. Why not pay a guy? Why pay the guy if you're gonna continue to miss these games and not be there? You're talking about he's better. So what? He might be better skill set wise and talent wise. That doesn't mean he's playing. Doesn't he's not giving me no ROI. I get zero return on the investment. Zero. Let's use the Browns as the example. The Browns were winning when Deshaun was in. Yes, he got hurt. Football happens. Motherfuckers get hurt. Trevor Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Burrow got hurt. AR5 got hurt. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Fucking uh, uh, Kirk Cousins got hurt. A lot of quarterbacks got hurt this year, unfortunately. That's, That's just what it is. I hear what you're saying. You know, invest less into your quarterback. Invest more into your roster. But at the end of the day, this this week, in this league, you need a quarterback, a good, a good to great quarterback to win the when it matters the most. If you want to have an average season to maintain, cool, you can make it happen. But in order for you to actually win the big game, you need that big dollar quarterback. And that's why you pay that quarterback that money. Because for the long term, for the stretch, for 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 a decade, you want to be able to have a guy who you can count on, depend on. Not for three games, not for four games, not not for a half. Brownie, you know, you shout out to Brownie. He had a hell of a game, y'all. But you know let's, let's time out. He's not, he's not Burrow. I was joking you know earlier. He's you're not proving, Joe Burrow. Let's slow down. You're proving my point. <laughs> you said dependable? You said the guy that's there when it matters? Yes. You just said get a guy in there? Are you kidding me? They're not dependable. They don't win games, and they're not there when it matters. Who who's so not winning games? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hold on, time out. What's Lamar Jackson done? Not there when it counts. Second most winningest quarterback since he's been drafted behind Patrick Mahomes. Why, it's a fact. Man, you just said one game when fact. it matters. I you named multiple things. I said beat her for the big games. games. I said beat her for the big games. I said consistency. Lamar Jackson wasn't even picking a quarterback who can win for a decade, who can win, who can be consistent, like a Philip Rivers type of cat. Yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he gave you really good to great teams consistently because of his his why are like that matters. Why aren't you guys listening? I never said these guys are better than fucking Burrow. I never said the backup's better than Lamar. All I'm telling you is you're getting the same result with paying a guy less money. And you're you not getting the same result, run. JB. If the backups start the whole entire season, a lot of these teams won't make the fucking playoffs. So you're just, you're just saying that. You're not getting the same result. You're not. Oh, if, proof if, is if out I went there, 12 bro. games with Lamar Why and we make it to an AFC championship or divisional round, we might only win fucking How seven or eight games. Like, that's, a, that's a big deal. How are they not making the playoffs? Cooper Russ went five and one. Gardner Minshew has your Colts in the playoffs right now. 
I can keep no, going. You've been going to Michigan. We had a fucking rookie. Going. That doesn't count. Like, we're, that's, that's, like we count. He ain't paid. He, he's a rookie. He's a fucking rookie. Like, wait, like, Gardner Mitchell's a vet. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, use the actual saying, example. No, use no, Burrow no, no, no. Browning. Use fucking you. Use, use, who's a, use, use Matt Stafford and, and, and whoever the next uh, fucking Carson Wentz or the next guy. Use the actual starter in the backup. Don't use a fucking rookie. That don't make sense. What do you mean? Why not? See, they tried the rookie. With the Panthers, if we fucking they they put Bryce Young on the bench, I'm sure the backup guy, whoever that is, will probably. I'm sure they can win fucking one game. It's a rookie. The rookie's not even getting paid. Talk about guys who are getting paid. Talk about that. The good example for you was Daniel Jones. He got paid, and now Devito, whoever's as, as playing just as good as he is, that's your best example. Let's not use a, a rookie who ain't even been paid yet, who ain't even don't know how to wipe their ass yet. They're still learning the game. Not compare a, a vet like Gardner Mitchell to a rookie who ain't even fucking played a full season yet. That's a bad comparison. A, a good comparison when a guy use that use Danny Dimes. That's your best example. He got paid a big contract that he did not t- t- deserve by by. Uh, that's what you would usually say. And this guy Danny DeVito is playing at the fucking same level or even better than he is. That's the best example I think you got on the board right now. But let's slow it slow slow it down. And no, these players, these backup quarterbacks are not doing exactly what, what the stars would do. And I'm not talking about from a stat standpoint. I'm saying if these backups played for a, an entire season, if Cooper Rush played for a 17-game season, if he knew Dak Prescott was going to be out the entire year, the Cowboys would not be nowhere near as great as they are. You're taking a fucking stretch in which he came in and literally maintained the game. Look at his stats during those games. The defense played fucking lights out. He just didn't mess up. That's what he didn't do. He didn't mess up, and he kept them afloat. Cooper Rush ain't, ain't out Dr. there. Morris, we got to our Cooper Rush went 5-1 and one when it mattered, but he didn't JB, do nothing. JB, we seen Dak be hurt for an entire season. What happened? What happened that year? No, Dak has huh? done nothing. Dak has no, done nothing. No, answer this. We're going to move on. When Dak got hurt the entire year, what happened to the Cowboys? They didn't have Cooper Rush, bro. They didn't do fucking shit. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't do shit. What's they up, didn't Doc? have Cooper Rush. Doc, looking dapper as always. Uh, it's Doc Talk t- uh, Tuesday. We got a lot going on. My main man, Tank Dale, got hurt. Um, Man, I talked to him the other day. He uh, he got hurt, and uh, it is what it is. But uh, was it dirty? No, I think it was a stupid play calling a small kid uh, running, you know, trying to block in in a congested area, and just bad luck. Hey, it looked like he's the D line. They're showing videos now out there. Now they're investigating, quote unquote, him trying to snap the leg, and I'm like. I don't know. I, I, can't I, don't know why that, I can't speak to that because I didn't see that video, but if they were trying to, they did a good job. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I saw the video. I know DJ Jones personally. I I highly doubt he did that on purpose. I highly doubt. He was roommates I, with my I, guy. I, I so, no, the homies coming. The homies are going to come after him. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Doc, I, I appreciate your x-ray you got me. My knee, my right knee went out, and I and you and you got me that X-ray. My right knee right here is real swollen. I appreciate you getting me that uh, X-ray though. Um, you, some, uh, you got a little extra hangage going on there. Oh shit, my bad. I didn't, I didn't know that was in there. But my right knee, I got it scoped, and uh, appreciate you uh, getting me that uh, X-ray. Don't uh, no, don't no, don't hate Vic Smitty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> My bad. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, stop, 
let's dive right into it. Um, right here, you, you, I, I, I got some stuff off your page. Mm-hmm. Last night, you had Christian Kirk go out first play of the game, and then you had Trevor Lawrence obviously go out later. Mm-hmm. What? what uh, and then this right here was an abdominal. Explain this area on the groin, I guess. Is what the is this the groin area that he hurt? Yeah. So th- this could be one of two things. Uh, most likely, this is a classic groin strain. Um, the groin muscles, there's three of them. Um, you can see kind of them flaring out. They start at the pubic symphysis, which is that funny looking blue thing in the middle of the, the, the pelvis. That's where they attach. So it's way up. Um, but you can strain it anywhere from mid belly all the way up. Uh, there's one that actually kind of walks along and actually attaches all the way down to the knee, uh, kind of along the, the, the distal femur. Uh, usually it's semi close to the groin, kind of in the middle of the thigh, but on the inside. Uh, and anytime you put your foot in the ground and push off, you need your groin. So uh, that's why these guys really can't do a whole lot. They're notorious for re-injury, very easy to re-injure, kind of like a cat. So that's why usually when you tweak it, you're done. You're just, just too risky because it's very painful. The only exception might be the linemen or something that are like kind of moving, but they're not sprinting. You know, the sprinting guys, it's just too risky to try to do full routes and then stop on the dime and turn. It just, it's, it, the groin just won't be able to handle it. Usually these take about 10 to 15 days. So usually that means he's going to miss another game. Uh, and he, he'd be pretty high risk if he played next week, just given the nature of it. And usually the guys aren't the same. So you can tell that they're just not, they're not as aggressive. Um, this could be something pretty gnarly. I didn't um, post a picture because it would have been too graphic probably, but uh, testicular torsion, which is exactly what it sounds like, um, is possible. It's really rare, um, but it's possible. Um, the, 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 Diagnosis was floated out there by a couple people. So I technically, I guess it could be, um, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I'd be lower on my, what we call differential, but technically possible. I'm assuming we'll hear about that in the next couple of days. Um, if that was the case, if it's a classic groin strain, they'll just say he's day to day. If it was something gnarly, he might, he had to go to the hospital, like it would have been a big deal. So if that's it was torsion though, and I've had, I've, I've had players have it several times, like, if it was torsion, so everybody in the chat, so basically your balls twist up, bro, the opposite way, and they get into a bustly twist. You got to get them untwisted. I had a yeah, teammate. It's real. A teammate at balls. It is a real thing. There. If he did have that, Doc, what? What's the? He can come back right. He should be back next week, right? I don't. I have to look at the protocol. That is not a common thing I look at, thankfully. Um, he's already. But, if it, if he did have it, he's already back to normal by now. Uh, 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 he'll have some swelling. It depends on if there's any permanent damage or significant damage. It's usually the left one, if I remember correctly. It has something to do with the anatomy. Um, we're going back to that. Why the left one always? It has something to do with the anatomy and the way that they sit. I know it's weird. I, for some reason, I just remember that specific remark. Um, but yeah, it has. It, it, usually, if they catch it on time and they untangle and and they everything set, settles and rests. That would be, while much more painful, uh, a better diagnosis because that means that likely the adductor muscle is healthy, um, but obviously kind of worse if you, you ask me. Uh, either way, uh, um, it was justifiable to see him sit. I think he was going to have a great game, but you know Ridley didn't do a whole lot after that. Ingram kind of uh, 
you know, stepped up. Um, and then we saw, unfortunately, uh, a stupid kind of unfortunate play for, for Trevor Lawrence at the end of the game. This is Nakua. Before we get into Trevor Lawrence, right? This, is this this is he is he going to be the Rams are playing as well as anybody? We're going to talk about that later. Is this is he out or is he going to be a bit back? Well, you know, I don't know if you saw this play. I happened to catch it live. He landed pretty hard on his shoulder. Uh, he did have something similar to this maybe about a month ago, but I don't remember which side it was on. Sometimes they don't tell us. Um, so it could have been a reaggravation of that. It's, they initially called it a rib, and it, while it could have been a rib, it, it looked like a classic AC sprain. So what you're looking at here is the, is the shoulder. They've kind of removed all the rotator cuff muscles. That white, thick thing uh, and, uh, around the ball is the capsule, and underneath that is the labrum. Above that is where you have the, the, the collarbone, uh, the, which is the bone thing that comes across. That is attaching to the acromion, which is uh, right to the left of the type one, the, that word underneath it to the left. That's the acromion. That's the tip. If you were to feel your shoulder, that's your tip. And then that there's a bunch of ligaments that control and, and connect everything. There's probably like five or six if you count them all. Those are the things that get stretched. So in a type one, which is what Keenan Allen had a couple of weeks ago, a lot of guys get these. Um, despite wearing shoulder pads, these get a little bit banged up. And it hurts to do this. It hurts to do kind of anything. Uh, Derek Carr had this. This is what he tried to play through a couple times. Uh, it's a lot harder to throw than it is to catch with these. Uh, this is also what uh, Anthony Richardson had. But Anthony Richardson had the type three all the way to the right. And that's where you can see where nothing is connected anymore. That's why he had to have surgery because um, for a throwing quarterback, it's too risky. Uh, for what it's worth, you've probably seen the pictures of Keenan Allen floating around with his, I think it's his right shoulder, um, that has that crazy bump. That's because he had a type 3 that he never had surgically fixed. That's what it would look like uh, that would be. So Nakua likely has a type 1 just based on the, how the commentary. He will play this week. He'll be a little uncomfortable, but I don't really expect a big performance dip. I was a little surprised that even with him out, uh, Cup didn't do a whole lot. He kind of salvaged his day with a touchdown. But again, he, you know, I was expecting, you know, a healthy Cooper Cup would have taken over the game. You know, he would have had like 10 for 150 and two or some crazy number. He went like six for 39 and a dump off touchdown that anybody could have caught. Uh, you know, so like, I was just surprised at how disappointing Cup has been over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. From a month and a half, two no, months. No, hey, just, just calling it like I see it, right? I mean, you know, yes, I know he's got bilateral ankle injuries and so on and so forth, but I mean, this is an elite player. Why is he not playing like he's elite? He he seems like he's a. Let me ask you this question. I'm just throwing it out there because I've had this conversation last in Vegas with a couple high profile people, and we were talking about this. <sighs> The LeBron James thing came up. 39 years old. He's getting bigger and faster and stronger. So obviously the word steroid is going to come up. Some sort of steroid. Is this an underlying issue that no one's really discussing in a lot of other? We were with some few ex-NFL guys and they're like, bro, these guys are on some stuff. And it's deteriorating the skill player faster than it's helping them. So you saw the high of, of Cooper. Just you know, two years ago, and now, yeah. if he indeed was on certain things, is this the deterioration of those side effects? Yeah, you could justify it. You could say that. 
Um, obviously, don't I can't speak for that. I don't know any details about that. But um, I, unfortunately, the ligaments and tendons can't maintain that level of explosiveness, and they usually start to kind of wear out and, and overstretch and just not as tight, which usually translates to, to being easier to, to sprain or just not being as explosive. Think of them as an elastic band, and, and you kind of overstretch it, and now it doesn't kind of explode as it should be. That's basically what happens to the Achilles. Um, so th that can kind of happen, unfortunately. That's that's a real problem. Um, and and, and, and we, he, he had that one ankle injury. It kind of looked like what happened to Trevor Lawrence last night. Uh, and then last week or two weeks ago, he had the other ankle injury. Behind uh, so he, and some of the fantasy. And th this is you talking about Trevor. So basically, yeah. in a nutshell, right here is where I want to show. So I, hey, Doc, so I, I've had this exact one. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, when I saw it, I said there's no – he didn't break it. I, I was like, he got lucky as hell the way that he folded it. I said, there's that's just a bad sprain, depending on, like, you high or low, where is it? I had yeah. it on the top of the foot almost, you know what I mean? Where it was, yeah. it, it was, it just, it seemed like it was better to break the damn thing and start over than, than it took forever to get that yeah. back to being put, put pressure on it. But um, basically he got it. He happened twice to him and I saw your initial report. Maybe it was a knee as well. It looks like he got lucky on both fronts. Um, it looks like he'll be all right. I think. So initially when I watched this, I'm like, Ooh, he got lucky, but at the same time, maybe he did. Initially, I was like, oh, he did fine. And then you see him try to put weight on it. He's like, nope, not happening. So then you're like, okay, maybe it's a little bit more. And then, I don't know, for all the golf carts in the state of Florida, why couldn't they find him one? Like, really, bro. I was like, and there he's like hobbling up. There's an officer trying to help. But I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Okay, like, can you there. not get this guy a cart? I mean, is it not that urgent that you can just find one? I don't get it. Jaguars going Jaguar, Doc. You know how they are. I was like, come on, man. So, but nonetheless, the initial report last night was they didn't say the x-rays were negative, but they basically said it's going with a sprain. So the way I read that is usually if the x-rays are positive, they say there's a fracture. They didn't say they weren't positive, but they didn't say they weren't negative either. But they said spring, which usually insinuates that there's no fracture. Um, the knee, I think he got lucky, but he could have sprained his PCL, uh, which is what happened in Lamar last year. Much worse injury. But um, just given the way it kind of really hyper, you know, just bent. And I think the fine, I think he got lucky because the guy, I think it was Trey Hendrickson, who landed on him kind of rolled off really fast as opposed to like belly flopping him or one of like the old linemen or D linemen who just like just, just kind of sat on him. And I think he got lucky because that ankle kind of rolled out real fast as opposed to kind of getting stuck. Or maybe if, 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 if one of the cleats got stuck and, and he couldn't like undo it, that would have been probably a true fracture. Could it still be a fracture? Yes. He could still have a hairline fracture in that distal fibula uh, kind of way down uh, that you can't see on x-ray. And that's, that's always a possibility that they'll likely get an MRI and maybe even a CT scan. Um, because of his value and just to, to make sure they're not missing anything. Um, part of me says he got lucky and part of me says we're missing something. So, uh, you know, I'm not super worried about the knee. I'm more worried about the ankle. And and, and I'm kind of disappointed because I think they would have won that game if he was in it. 
We think. Yeah, We're still not hurt. sure, though. And the fact of the matter uh-huh. is, let's be real, we didn't think the game would even be that close with a backup quarterback no and no, Brownie coming in. He out there, he, he was out-dueling, other than JB, he out there, he down there out-dueled Trevor Lawrence or at least went toe-for-toe, step-for-step with him. Yeah, so. He looked good. I mean, at the beginning of the game, uh, I knew Nixon, Nixon was going to get targeted. I didn't think he was going to run for a whole lot. But And then Chase, they were just – I mean, Higgins wasn't even, like, relevant. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I don't think he really did a whole lot until the end of the game. I think he caught one or two passes. But, like, that was the Jamar Chase show. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, nonetheless, it was a hell of a game for the Bengals. Good win for them. I guess it makes them more relevant, but I still don't think they're really much of a threat. I think everything had to go perfect. Um, and, and now the Jags, it's their, their season, in my opinion, is kind of up in the air, depending on what's going on with his ankle. You know, I don't know. Eight and if, four right now. You got the Colts in Texas right behind them at both at seven and five. So the AFC South is right there in, in the hands yeah. of whoever. You know, and, and, and the Bills are, are not too far behind. Um, you know, I mean, you have other teams, but the Bills are, are kind of lurking. So if they can't hold on to that top spot, then it's going to be a fight for that, you know, wild card. Pickett got injured. He also had an ankle injury. He had a high ankle on his other side. He had another one in college. He had that tight rope on one left ankle in college, and then he, he had a, a high ankle on his right ankle this time. He had a procedure. Uh, people might be wondering, well, first of all, what is a high ankle sprain and, and what is a tight rope procedure? Basically, what they do is the, the ligament that holds in between your, your, your shin and your, your, your tibia uh, or your fibula uh, the, the the space, there's no space there. That's actually a thick ligament that holds those. And what happens is when you push your foot down into the turf, that separates or tears or partially tears. So if it's a little beat up, then that's a grade one. Annoying, but not the end of the world. Grade twos are really beat up and, and can be pretty unstable. Grade threes means that they're really not even connected anymore. And, and, and those were not heal on their own, given regardless of how much time you give them. So therefore, what you do is you basically... You run, here's the two bones here. You run a suture across, and then you run another one underneath it. That's a high ankle, and you basically tighten them up. Tua had this twice. He had it. Yeah, that's a picture. So Tua had this twice, once uh, in his second, third year, whatever it was. And then he had it again the year after, which was really strange. And then Jalen Hurts had it also at at Alabama, which I think is crazy. Uh, Very common, unfortunately. and, and the crazy part is like, how can he possibly come back in two to three weeks, whereas it takes most guys four, six, eight longer? Uh, and it's because he's a quarterback and he doesn't need to be super mobile. Um, and, and and these aren't a fra- if there's a fracture, it's a different game. So if there's a fracture, if there's a fibula fracture, which is probably how how Tank Dell's played out, uh, which what happened to Tony Pollard last year, um, then you can't. Then it's several months. But as long as the fibula is stable, then then the, then it has something to tie into, and, and you'll be okay. Uh, if it, if it's not stable, then you have to put that plate you just saw, and you need to wait for it to heal before you know everything. So that's why there was no way he'd be able to come back. So that means that his fibula was okay, and he just did a on quote unquote just did a high ankle. But it will probably be week sixteen um, because of the short week, and, and then just next week I don't think he'll be ready. Hey Doc, before we before we talk about a couple of injuries, before we get out of here, let me ask you: What's w- define or kind of break down what EPOs are? I know it's ethro. What is it? Ethropriatin? Yeah, yeah, or, 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 yeah. So EPO is what your body uses to basically create red blood cells. It does a lot of things, but that's to make it easy. 
Is that like uh, now can, in love form where cats are using it like Lance Armstrong did and all these other guys? So there's a couple you can. It's really easy to test for. It's pretty straightforward blood test. So if you're really high, you're probably spiking it. They do make a couple medications that actually make it. That's usually for cancer and that type of stuff. Um, a lot of the guys will will train in the altitude, altitude, which is indirectly how they kind of get this to jump up. Because the lower oxygen pressure causes the body to have a response. That's why people train in Denver and stuff like that. Um, usually they live low, you know, like lower, and then they train high. Uh, usually that's kind of the rule of thumb, but it's a little bit easier said than done. Um, but EPO can be used. It is definitely illegal, and it's basically creating more red blood cells. But if you create too many red blood cells, um, you will be at high risk for stroke. So you're kind of playing with fire. Uh, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, you have more oxygen carrying capacity, but you also have way more blood than you should. Um, and what Ann Armstrong, Armstrong used to do is they would take blood out in like little minivans. They would stop by, take blood out, store it for, I don't know, a week, two weeks, whatever it is. So the body would make new red blood cells to fill up for that, and then they would give them back their old blood. Mm. So they would be that blood's open. So they're basically basically, giving them more blood than they should have. So now they have more capacity to push, you know, through the hills and whatever, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, but very, very risky, very, very risky because you're kind of, you're really playing with fire, but uh, that was always a sport that everybody was cheating. So if you weren't cheating, you, you, you weren't going to compete. You just, you, you were just going to, you didn't have the capacity to do so. No Interesting. Interesting right there. Hey doc, everybody wants to know about Aaron Jones. Where are we at with Aaron Jones? So Aaron Jones and uh, MCL sprains kind of go hand in hand. He's had at least five, I want to say maybe six over the course of his career that we know of. Um, he's had, a, a, most of them have been on the right. I want to say this one was on the left. He's only had one prior to this one that we know of on his left. Um, best case scenario, he comes back this week, but I don't think he's going to be ready. Um, part of the concern is, the MCL um, is protector of the ACL. Um, so if you return too quickly and that knee gives out, the ACL will probably tear with it. That's what happened to Cooper Cup a couple of years ago. Um, it's also very vulnerable because it's on the inside of the knee. So usually when we get tackled, the outside of the knee gets hit, the inside of the knee collapses, which is usually how it happens. And it's, it, the deep part of it is actually attached to the meniscus. <clears throat> so if a grade two will actually pull some meniscus off with it, which makes it more concerning. This is what tra ha happened at uh, a chain, uh, the dolphin. Um, but his was likely probably like a little bit worse, like a grade one, but not quite a grade two. Um, and they gave him what a month, and he tweaked it again. Um, uh, the problem with Aaron Jones is he has a lot, of, like he has a lot of scar tissue, so it takes time for that to kind of settle in. It's not a week or two thing, and then you're expecting him to run and cut, which is stressing that MCL all over again. So. A lot of the guys don't like to wear knee braces. Um, it just they don't, they're bulky, like the running backs. So um, that would provide support, but it's more false support because it's not really making the tendon any stronger or ligament. It's just kind of supporting your brain to say, hey, it's got to handle that load. The linemen will wear them because they're not really moving a whole lot in terms of running and cutting, so that their knees are stable. Um, so that's why you'll see MCLs come back with linemen. Sometimes they even play with a grade one. Um, but Aaron Jones probably not going to be back this week. And if he is, I would like to see him practice a couple days in a row 
Um, and even then, he's kind of risky. Mm. What about um, – I believe didn't Derrick Henry get hurt this past week as well, if I'm not mistaken? So, uh, what happened there? Fascinating. Um, I went back in his injury history. He has never had a concussion that we know of. Mm. He's played 140-something games between Alabama and Tennessee. That's a lot of games, but not for, I mean, he's a huge dude. They initially said, yes, he had a concussion. They ruled him off for the rest of the game. Then yesterday, Brable, I think he got fired yesterday, but Brable, um, the uh, said, no, he's not in concussion protocol, so I don't know which one it is. I'm assuming we really won't find out until tomorrow. If he practices pretty much in any capacity or full, then he didn't suffer one. If he is a DNP tomorrow, then we have to kind of figure out if he did. But the good news is he he doesn't play until Monday, so he has an extra day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, Doc, um, a lady friend of mine, she does amputations, and she's she's done a lot of stuff like this. She told me that this is regard to Deion Sanders. I wanted to ask you before you get out of here. Um, she's like, man, sometimes when the toe goes, then the foot goes, and then the knee goes. That's just kind of unfortunately the travel of business when it comes to these things. Is that true? Is that is that something that Dion needs to worry about for all the Dion people out there that 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 are rooting for him to to stay at Colorado for multiple years, or is health going to be a, a, a more of a deciding factor than than even the transfer portal? Uh, um, that is traditional medicine. We'll look at it that way, Dion. If you hear this, uh, I'm assuming you've checked out these options, but I'm going to mention them anyway. Look into chelation. Look into ozone, uh, which can significantly improve. Uh, ozone is basically O3, like ozone layer. Uh, basically, you smash two oxygen molecules together. You take two oxygen. One of them breaks off and becomes O3 for about three, four minutes. It's not a long time. But then you inject that gas into the bloodstream, um, via, basically into blood, and then you put it in. And that helps to bring oxygen to the, to the tissues, kind of forces it into the tissues so that they heal. You can also uh, put it around a bag. And, and kind of put it around your leg called ozone bagging, and that will force the ozone into the tissue, which allows for a healthy tissue to get super oxygenated. We've done it on a couple of patients here, and we've been able to save toes. Um, it's, the the data is pretty good on it. Very inexpensive, hard to find uh, in, in America, but you can do it. Uh, and the, the chelation is usually used to pull out metals, but it actually has the ability to create new blood vessels, which is the problem here he doesn't have good blood flow which is why he kept you know he's also got some genetic variants as far as we know that is causing some blood clotting and stuff like that but nonetheless um the the unfortunately what you said it can be true but i think he should exhaust all options before obviously that becomes the case um what i just mentioned the ozone earlier that's not a traditional approach so a lot of the traditional Docs are not going to mention that at all, just because they don't deal with that. But it exists. I'll send, I'm sending him this today. Trust me, I'll send him this. Yeah. No so doubt about if it. If he hasn't heard of that, you're welcome. Hell yeah, I'm gonna get full credit, man. Doc, hey Smitty, <laughs> I'm let you know. Doc and I talk over the over the weekend. You know, I'm trying hmm. to set up the biggest Super Bowl uh, radio road trip for the show. We're trying to get Doc to come. I'm working on hotels. I'm trying to get everything out. Hey, Doc. Hey, Doc. Smitty might not come because, you know, married and all this old bullshit. He'll, he'll come up with some bullshit excuse. But 
you know, we'll be there, Doc. We'll be there, and, uh, you know, it's going to be big time. We're going to have our own big thing. Mac- McAfee style, uh, Radio Row, you know? Okay. Who's playing it? Huh? Who's going to play in it? According to Smitty, it's going to be the fucking Colts versus the Colts. I did not say that. It's going to be the Ravens versus the Eagles. The Eagles are going to win in the Super Bowl. I know they just got blown out. Everyone, everyone thinks it's a wrap and they're they're bad and they're shitty. <clears throat> they still lead the NFC. I got them going to the Super Bowl. That was my preseason pick. And right now, I look like a damn genius right now overall. JB, who did you pick again? Who was it, the Jets and who else? Uh, Well, you gave me a pass because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So then I went to the Bengals. Then Burrow got hurt. So... <laughs> At this point, fuck it. Flip a coin. Who knows? So uh, one last question. Um, what is stopping the 49ers besides themselves? Nothing. Brock Purdy in a big game. Brock Purdy in a big game, in my opinion. If Brock Purdy gets injured, I think that's the – I mean, I know people give him stu- you know, crap for, for who he is and whatever, but I, I know that it's like a perfect scheme for him, but – that dude's been stuck. Like, you know, pull away the name and look at the data. Let me, let me, you know, football well. Let me ask you you take CMC off that roster. I don't care how good Purdy is, they're not winning. Purdy cannot oh, yeah. do anything without that man in there. He can't do anything. And that's, that's, it's an oxymoron statement, right? We need our players. Any, every quarterback needs their best player, of course. But great quarterbacks excel and elevate average players. I don't know if Brock can do that. He has Correct. to have a perfect world, in my opinion, to win. We've never I seen him that. try to do that, right? He had a pretty good roster at Iowa State. Uh, he was, I think he was with uh, Brees. I think Brees Hall was there. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. uh, Hutchinson was there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing about the 49ers, I mean, their defense is legit, but um, you don't even know who's going to go off every week besides Christian McCaffrey. Like this week, I was like, "Oh, this is a perfect situation for Ayuk." The dude didn't even hit hit his over. I know. Like, and then Kittle like went incredible that beautiful pass in the first half, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Where'd he go?" And then they're up by twenty. Like, don't even matter. Who cares? Just throw him in the had the game of his life. So Debo and CMC had one hundred thirty yards from scrimmage, and then Debo had three basically hitches for eighty. Yeah, and 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 the crazy thing about that is you don't even know who's getting the ball. Like, that's the problem with them. Like, literally, anybody can do anything. And it's just like, so that's what makes them so scary. But, you know, all it takes is one bad game, right? That's the problem. It's not like playoffs where, or uh, baseball where you need several or, or basketball where you need several. One and done here. So, yeah. But I'm with you, though. I mean, I, I like the Niners at their best to me is the best team. But it just, it's hard for me to not look at the last couple years. And it's always something that happens. I'm not wishing injury or nothing like that. Of course not. But it just, Something happens, and I agree with JB on this. I do think Brock Purdy needs everything to be perfect for him to be uh, a good to great quarterback. Like yeah. when everyone's healthy in there, he is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But we saw earlier this season when the Niners went on that three game losing streak, it wasn't just CMC that was dealing with injury. Debo was out, and Trent Williams was out. Trent Williams he's is a big key. He's a huge key to that team. Yeah. And I know he's, he's an yeah. offensive lineman, so that's not a sexy position. We don't talk about it. But he's the best tackle in football. And when you don't have that guy in the game and Purdy's getting pressure, he gets uncomfortable and he starts to make bad decisions. So, Hey, Doc, play play one, one question with you. We do we end the show with every day. Hell yeah or hell nah. Hell yeah or hell nah. Brock Purdy's your MVP. 
Hell no. Okay, 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 okay. I, I, know, I get it, but... He's moving I, I up. Vegas has him moving all the way up. I, I mean, I know Vegas is in front of him, but I think he's the, the result of collective parts. He's the sum of the, the, the you know... Uh, imagine what, what Mahomes could do with, with his part, or Burrow, or, or whoever. Just pick another instead. Um, DeVito. I would like to see Tyreek get it, just because I think it would be crazy. Um, I mean, that kid, he's, he's like my guy. He, he's crazy. I mean, he's, but he's, he's on another level. You can tell him what you're doing. You still ain't going to be able to do it. It don't matter. We had this argument yesterday, Doc. A lot of people are talking about this. A couple guys came out, former NFL players. They're saying Tyreek Hill is a better overall wideout than Randy Moss. You agree with that? I mean, I think we saw Randy do some of the crazy stuff you'll ever see. I think the six touchdowns Randy Moss scored. 156. So I think that I mean Randy had the classic stature that you dream for. Um, Tyreek has one amazing asset that unfortunately no one can really touch you know that speed just throw it up and make sure it's relatively you know uh able to be catching it's it it's over you know whereas if you're in a tight box you're not going to be able to box out like the greats right but if if you have like one skill set not one skill set but one elite skill set then then you know that's what makes and and, and as long as he stays healthy i think he's going to break the 2000 I mean, at this point, he hasn't even really been playing a whole lot in the fourth quarter. They don't even really need him. Um, but the the in terms of you know like like your TO size, like those guys were freaks. You know, like Megatron, like they're just different receivers. But Tyreek yeah, is so unique, right? He's so he's a freak. Uh, and, and you know, you get you get one step on you, it's over. It's it's over. You're not catching him. So and that and that's and that's you know, and, and he has to be on the same page with Tua. And as long as Tua can get it to where he needs to be, you, you saw that. I mean, he was one or two steps, and it's over, and he's gone. I also you know, real quick, I need some clarity on this. Me and Jimmy have been kind of going back and forth on this. If Tyree breaks the 2,000-yard receiving mark, is, is he the first receiver to do that, or did Cooper Cup already do that? I've been confused on, on the numbers here. I Ooh, I I didn't we? Cooper Cup got two thousand. He pulled him up, Jay. But I swear to God, everybody in me, major media, every like everybody keeps saying if he does it, he'll be the first one to do it. Like, I keep I keep hearing both sides, but when we no. look it up, I don't remember to be honest with you. I know Cooper did a monster season, but I don't remember the final lines. I think I saw a stat today that will make or maybe yesterday that makes it a little bit more relevant, though. Uh, currently, uh, when you look at Megatron's crazy season. He actually ran a significant more routes, even though he'll have more yard. He had a ton of yards, and, and they play an extra game this year. Tyreek doesn't run as many routes, so he's more efficient, right? So if you look at the routes, total routes run, not games played, because at the end of the day, you know, if you run the same routes, it doesn't really matter. So that's how, in my opinion, you can use it. So yes, sixteen versus seventeen game schedule. But if you're running 500 routes, you know, and this one runs 500 routes, it, it shouldn't matter if you're playing an extra game because you're still running the same amount of routes, you know. So, but I don't. It, it's impressive. Confusing for Smitty is, and, and and this whole thing was Cooper Cup had almost 2,500 damn yards, but it was throughout the entire Super Bowl run season. So yeah, that yeah, was yeah. 
playoff games. He, I think he had like 1950 before the playoffs started. Oh, okay. So that's, that's all I need to hear I then. Did. So, yeah. Regular season, no one has ever got 2,000. Yeah, but I, I didn't know they were strictly talking about Tyreek for the season. I'm thinking, okay, you're going to beat Cooper Rush's record. I don't think Cooper Rush – I mean Cooper Rush. Cooper Cup's record is ever going to be broke. I don't think you're going to break 2,500 yards. Well, you don't so, need to go to the Super Bowl. Don't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Tyreek, you have to definitely you do that shit. You can't have a bye because then you, you lose a game. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you could do it, but you'd be, the numbers would be crazy. Yeah, um, he ended up with 24. He ended up with 24 25, and he had 480 in the damn playoffs. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. I so, mean, but, but I mean, it's amazing. And he, but he was targeting crazy. I mean, his volume of targets was, he was literally playing catch. I mean, if you gave Tyreek. The same volume, he'd already be at 2000. Yeah, like that's and the did like miss the game this season, or am I tripping? That? Did, has Tyreek did Tyreek miss a game at all? Or no, no, he played every game, he, he's been banged up. He had a hand, he had an ankle. Gotcha. I forgot there's another thing, a quad maybe. Um, but but he hasn't missed any time, uh, with injury. He's he, gotcha. I mean, he missed quarters, just he had a cramping. Uh, but uh, you know, most of the time it's because you know, him on the field, the game's already pretty much over. Um, good news for a last comment. Good news for A Chain. They used him predominantly in the fourth quarter when he the game was already done. With. So they're not worried about his knee. And that was always the question because remember he just re-injured. So uh, no concerns with A Chain. Yeah, and he looked good, but I, he was risky, right? I mean, there's always that risk there coming back after a re-injury. Um, you know, kind of like Christian Watson with the re-injury to his hammy. That was okay. that was a smart coaching move though, because like the game was already over, and you know this is a guy that you're going to need if you have any chance of making a deep yeah. playoff run. So it's like go out there, yeah. get his confidence back up, which they yeah. did. He looked really good. Now he, he yeah. should be back rolling. So yeah, man. All right, guys, we're gonna take off. All right, Appreciate Doc. You, Doc. Peace. Take care. Doc Talk Tuesdays. I'm glad we got that clear. We got that clarified, because I'm like JB. I, I'm seeing all these articles of people saying. He's going to be the first one to ever do it and this, that. But then I see another thing, Cooper Cut, the first receiver to ever break 2,000. So I'm like, damn, which which side is it? So I'm glad we got that cleared up. Yeah, we got uh, we got Steve Kim coming on. Then we got um, we Big got Tank. Uh, we got Tank on. So we got a loaded show still. We got still loaded. What does based mean? Based? I keep hearing Coach JB's based. What does that mean? What is that fucking weirdo fucking soft? Spe- spell it for me. Like B-A-S-E-D or B-A-S-T? Yeah. yeah. Base. Hmm. If my Damn, guess would be like... You don't, are, know, you don't even know that? I'm, I've never heard. That might be some 18-year-old shit. Only thing I can think of, maybe there's... Is that like a like like saying you're high? Like some, like some cocaine type shit? I have no fucking idea. Everybody in here saying it. What is based? Or are they trying to spell biased? Oh, oh. <laughs> there's no there's no way homie because there's not one person that has said they've been saying base for i've been seeing it for months everyone says base no one says biased if they mean bias and, and then the world we're just so fucking dumb dog like, there's no way that they can. Oh, homie, if it's biased, dog, I'm telling you right now. I don't think they. I don't think they teach spelling no more in school. They don't teach. You no know. shit. You know why? Because it's fucking text message everything, and it auto corrects you on your phone. Yep. Why do you think no, fucking? No, on a serious note, 
high. Why do you think illiteracy is at all time high? I'm not gonna lie, my spelling has gotten worse because of texting. So what I what I do now, JB, a lot of times, if I'm spelling something and I'm texting it and I see that like I'm uh doing it wrong, like I the the little you know spell check will pop up, but I don't use it. I I might look and be like, okay, that's where I fucked up at. And I'll make sure it from, from my mind that I type it out all the way myself. Cause I'm trying to like get my brain back to working. Like I feel dumber now than I did like five years ago. I'm dead ass here. My memory's not the same. The way that, you know, my spelling is like, it's, and I think it's cause every, the technology's taking away so much shit. It's making life too easy for you. And it's having a reverse effect. Base means common sense. You are based in reality. Base is like having an opinion that goes against the, the popular way of thinking. Based like in your beliefs, also usually more conservative in values. Based basically means that you keep it real, coach, which you do. Based on facts. Based is from the bay, just means you're wilding. Based means dope. It comes from the Little B era, the rapper from the pack, the same group that made Vans coined in the early 2010s era. A word used when you agree with something or when you want to recognize someone for being themselves. Correct. <laughs> <Right. laughs> is not just conversation. <laughs> I tried my best to hold in my life. What are you talking about? What the fuck? I saw 12 definitions. JB, I saw 12 definitions for the same word. Nobody knows you fucking idiots. God damn, homie. Bro, try oh, to give me a proper man. definition. Talk about Little B the Rapper. Oh, Name dog. another show with in-depth doc talk to that level. Waiting, none. Pound that like button. Based and biased. Cali Public School Education. Ha ha. Joe Accord, shout out to you for the $10 super chat. Always supporting the show. Always throwing us bread. Joe Accord is going to buy us a studio just from his super chat money alone because he always throwing us that bread. Isaiah, Seth, Mike, CS, get on game. Get on game? Let's bring... Big Smitty's fucking nemesis on the show. So you can't call him racist no more. R-A-C-C-I-I-S-S. Racist. You can't call me it no more. So we got Tank on here to call Big Smitty out for everything. It's still my teammate, though. He played nose. I played three techniques. So we might disagree sometime, but it's still my brother. We, we had a package in college called Tank. It was our red zone goal line package. It's time to bring the big fellas up. Tank, 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 Tank. You flex the orange, you run on the field, bring all the big fellas in the game, and we about to go line stop. So hey, Tank, you 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 on the show with us for the rest of the way. So I hope you uh, you got you hunkered down. You know that's white people shit. Hunkered, we hunkered down. Um, <laughs> got your snacks, you know, got your drink. Yeah, we keep Kim still coming on, so we're gonna go through the show with with Tank on here. It's talk, it's talk with Tank Tuesday. We got a lot going on today. Uh, we're going to go right through it, man. We, we got a lot of breaking down. We're going to start right now, Big Tank, right out the gate. First of all, let me get your take on the Final Four for college football. Agree, disagree, what? I mean, I, I don't think that they're ever going to get it perfect be just because, you know, there's always going to be some teams that are going to be left out, obviously, with Florida State getting in there. And, you know, I, I mean, and I'm a little bit even concerned with the University of Washington. 
If you look at, um, you know, our offense and defensive line play, I, I just don't see how we can compete with a, with a school like Michigan who ran the ball over 30 times in a row. I mean, when teams run the ball on us in our conference, we can't stop them. So um, mm. I, I think it's going to be very difficult to get it perfect. But I do think that they need to open it up to uh, at least a couple more teams and put six in. Steve Kim joining us now. Um, morning, fellas. What's Good up, morning. Steve? What's up? Steve, right out the gate, uh, Tank was just giving his take on the final four for college football. You you agree, disagree? Why, why not? Um, I, I think they got the if, the if the criteria is best four with the provision that player availability uh, is factored in, I think they got it right. I, I do. I just I can't imagine ever a scenario where a one-loss SEC team that actually wins the conference and then beats the number one team is left out. And so then once you bring in Bama, I think you had to put in Texas because they won their conference, they had one loss, and then they beat Bama. And I think that was a factor, whether they admit it or not. And, you know, Coach, we were at your place watching the game, and halfway through, we all said, is right now this version of Florida State one of the best four? We all no. said it wasn't. So they, I don't think they could beat any one of those four teams or Georgia. You know, and I, I think that the Texas-Washington is one of the better semifinal games uh, that's ever been in this playoff. And I hate to tell Michigan fans, I think Bama is a terrible matchup for them because Michigan has no threats on the outside to challenge them on the perimeter. They feel the same way, Steve. Did you see you see the reaction yeah. when uh, they saw they got Bama? I mean, I look at Michigan, and they have Roman Wilson, who's a good little receiver, but on a lot of other teams, he's a second or third guy. And I don't see how they have that ability to stretch that defense and challenge them vertically. Uh, I feel as though you give Alabama a full month to prepare for this game. They're going to compress that field, that and they're really going to load up that box. And, and, yeah. and Michigan is going to have to find ways to, number one, create turnovers, create short field, and then have about four or five plays where they're going to have to hit that play for a big shot. Because I don't see them moving the ball, particularly um, on the outside on a consistent basis on Bama. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, transitioning to staying in college, but we're uh, Jaden Daniels. Uh, my boy coached him in high school, obviously. Uh, Steve knows uh, Jerry in the chat's brother, Dave. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr., all set for a Heisman showdown. They've been selected. Uh, Tank, go first. Where are you at with this? Uh, you, you agree with those four? And uh, it, can Marvin Harrison outdo those quarterbacks? Is there any shot? I don't think there is. Yeah, you know, listen, I think he's been consistent over the uh, over the years. And I think, you know, anytime you know he's going to be doubled, sometimes triple teamed, I think he's put up the numbers that that definitely show that he's, you know, he's worthy to be up there. I watched Bo Nix up close. Uh, I, I think he's good, but I don't know if he's, you know, as, as you know, Heisman worthy. Uh, Jaden, you know, after transferring from Arizona State, you know, I, I didn't know what the future was going to hold for him at LSU, but He's went over there and he steadied the boat. You know, it was a little rocky when he got there. You know, a couple of, you know, tough losses that, that you know, he needed to win. But I, I think he definitely, um, he, he's right at the ship. So, I mean, kudos to him. Steve, you, you like the four? I do like the four, although you could make an argument that Marvin Harrison, he might be the first wide receiver drafted off the board 
uh, next spring. He was not the most productive wide receiver in the country. And, you know, unfortunately, he did not get great quarterback play. Bingo. Honda McCord was very mid. Honda McCord, even on completions, really, uh, he handcuffed his receiver's ability to run up field because he wasn't very accurate, even when the ball was a completion. I, I get the sense Jaden Daniels is going to win this. and it's going to anger a lot of people that hate the SEC. Michael Penix, I thought heading into October, November was my number one pick, but he had that stretch of about four to five weeks where his production dipped. So now the question becomes, how important is winning? Now, Michael Penix is in the playoff. Jaden Daniels isn't. But then Jaden Daniels is putting up numbers that are almost unprecedented. And, and Better I than Burrow. Better than Burrow. Yeah. And so, and but although Burrow sat out a lot of fourth quarters that year too, but, but, Jaden Daniels, I think, is going to get the call here. I really do. Just that overall statistical dominance that he showed the last seven, eight weeks, I, it's hard to overlook that, guys. I, I agree with you. I agree with you uh, before Tanks. I, I agree with you on 100%. I hope he gets it, not only because he's a buddy's kid, but at the same time, I just think overall in that conference doing what he's doing, Michael Penix had three, uh, two out of three games where he didn't even throw for 200 yards. They struggled late against a few teams. They're in the playoff, though. I mean, so it's going to be an iffy one. I, I don't think Harrison has a shot at all. I think he finishes fourth here um, because, you know what it is, it's a quarterback deal. Unless you have some, some crazy, you know, Alabama wide receiver. Uh, okay, Smith, numbers. yeah. Yeah, Smith numbers. I just don't see it. So, Tank. Yeah. Receivers are dependable, you know, position. So, you know, you, you, you need a quarterback. And like uh, Steve alluded to, McCord was very mid, to say the least. Yeah. And the fact that Marvin's even in the conversation and even has those numbers with him, to me, is a credit to him. But he doesn't have enough production, in my opinion, to actually actually win the award. So. Yeah, I mean, but one of the things that I, I know about the Heisman Trophy is that, like, it, it really is predicated on how much of how much money your school puts behind you. You know, I remember back when Joey Harrington, uh, back in the day when he was running for the Heisman, he had a big, you know, 100-foot banner in Times Square. And it always seems like, you know, these guys, you know, especially from Oregon, they always get the money to do it. But I, I do think Jaden Downs is going to pull it out. I am really surprised that uh, Penix is not in it. I mean, I think no, no matter if he had those rough games, I mean, when you run the table and, and particularly they don't lean on their running game. So, I mean, they, they are like so lopsided in terms of like their dependability on Penix and he still was able to run the table in the pack. And so I, I, I think that I, I thought that would have got him over the hump and got him at least in the equation. But uh, I think, you know, they, they judged him harshly on those two to three weeks. Like you talked about toward the, toward the third, the three fourths way of the season. He's in the deal. You know, he's, he's in, he's in, in it. Oh, oh, he's, he's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's invited. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, good. I didn't know if you meant that you didn't think he had a shot or he's yeah. not invited. He's invited. You oh, okay, good, I, good. You know what, Bo Nix? I thought was an interesting. Tank was uh, that game on Friday, one of the better games of the year. So Oregon is down. I think it was 27-24 with about ten minutes to go. It's third nine Oregon, and I'm thinking, okay, here we go, Bo. Produce a drive, and you might be the Heisman Trophy winner. And on third and nine, they ran a quarterback draw, and that showed me right there that you don't have really a lot of faith in him. If you look at Bo Nix's game, there's a lot of college stuff, a lot of short passes that don't get past the line of scrimmage, doesn't make a lot of NFL throws. I mean, he's about really, really good 
college quarterback. Okay. When I look at Penix, I look at a guy that makes NFL throws, deep digs, go routes, deep comebacks, opposite field hash throws. I'm like, man, he's carving up defenses in the intermediate area. That's where I give Bo Nix a little bit of a downgrade that if your coach says on third and nine in the most important drive of the year, we're going to run a quarterback draw. I said, ah, you don't even have faith in your own guy. So I, I thought, thought, thought yeah. that was the worst call of the game from Oregon. Yeah, but but the, at the same time, like I, you know, I watched that Husky uh, Oregon game, like there was nobody trying to control the time of possession, right? Like it, it, it was it was so bad. I mean, I I thought that they had to sprinkle a little bit of, of that in there, but I mean, it, like college football today, it is just it, it is just out of control because like nobody cares about time of possession. It's just like a track meet up and down the field. So. Whoever has the ball last juice is going to win. Yeah, but, you know, Tank, Dylan Johnson I, I was really key at the end, though. Yeah. I mean, DeBoer just said, look, let, let's just ride number seven. And that's another thing that's probably not going to help Penix is that if you look at some of their big wins, like the shootout at SC, Dylan Johnson was the dominant offensive player for the Huskies. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Johnson is a guy that's probably going to play at the next level, but at certain moments this year, when Washington said, we got to go four-minute offense, we need two or three first downs, let's squeeze that clock. And when Washington put together that drive, which took about, what, six and a half minutes? That was old-school football, though. That was a team actually saying, we're going to play some situational football. I don't I, I don't agree there. I don't agree at all because, I mean, you, you look at, like, the way that – I mean, for example, when the guy had 250 yards a week before, the, you know, the next game, I think he, you know, he barely got any rushes. But, but particularly in that game – it was it was just frustrating because you know we gave Bo Nix the ball back with I don't know I think it was three four minutes left and, and I mean we had a chance to kind of like matriculate and I and I guess today's version of uh you know ball control or whatever is running the ball like once every seven plays I mean if, if that's if that's what they're considering like ball control old school I, I just don't agree I think that they're they're so off balance at Washington and, and what what they do know is that he is talented enough to run the ball. They can do it. But I, I, I believe uh, in, in these, you know, in these final, in these playoff games, they're going to have to get a lot more balance because it, it, their, their defense is not going to be able to uh, hang with a lot of these offenses. You know, if you put them right back on the field at every freaking 45 seconds. Hey tank though, here's the coaching side of it from my side. And buddy of mine was talking the other day, the offense of six minutes and 30 seconds, Washington used up. Prior to the bang bang Oregon score that answered it with Bo Nix, they scored very quickly on yeah. the other side of it. Mm -hmm. If Washington don't use up that six thirty, shit, Washington may lose. Yeah, yeah, so no, that, I, that I agree. That six thirty was critical because there was just there was just six minutes gone. Like if that was a two minute drive, Oregon gets the ball back one more time. Right, like Hank, you talk about not you know the time of possession. Look, Mario Cristobal loves time of possession. And I've always said, Mario, we can like scoring 40 points, too. Right. Um, I mean, Mario Cristobal is one of these guys. God, dog it, man. We were physical. We controlled the ball for 39 minutes. And I said, Coach, we scored 24 points. I don't know. I'd rather score 48 points and have 29 minutes of possession. Because Bill Walsh always had three precepts to every game. Bill Walsh said, okay, here's the three major points that we're gonna, that's going to be a fundamental precept of the 49ers in the West Coast. We're going to score quickly early. So he always used to script the first 15 plays, bang, bang, bang. So we're going to get out ahead. And the last two things were really about 
the most important things in the National Football League, run the ball late. He never actually said establish the run. He said be able to run the ball late to grind the clock. And number yeah. two, or number three, fourth quarter pass rush, he says, was the most important way to close out a game. Right. But he always uh, said, let's get out quick. Let's score points quickly. I'm not trying to win time of possession in the first quarter. Try to score 21 points as soon as possible. So there's different ways you could do it. But I do think when Washington needed to grind the clock, to their credit, Kalen DeBoer came up with a, with, with a lot of stuff. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. The job he's done at Washington, I would already say he's among the top 10 coaches in the country. Wow. I agree. Wow. I agree. Uh, yesterday, moving back to college yesterday, saying in college yesterday, basically as of midnight today, there's been 40, basically roughly, let's see, where's that stat, uh, Bailey? Can we pull up the stat of, uh, the entire transfer portal numbers? Basically FBS, just talking D1, there was 1,200 kids that entered the portal. Uh, since midnight last night or this morning, there's over 4,500 total. Between D1, FCS, D2, D3. 44,000 right here um, as of midnight. 1,200 in FBS. The, the number is going to get up to over 7,000 by, by Friday. And this is just football. We're not talking basketball, soccer, women's sports. We're just talking football right now. 4,000 in the portal. I, I got to get your take. Smitty and I started with the rant with this. Um Thousand of those kids are going to be stuck. Steve and I spoke to Weddle last night. Like a thousand of those kids, you'll never hear from again. Two hundred of them maybe will get out. Get out there. Dylan Gabriel's at Oregon as of this morning. He's gone to Oregon. You got all these different guys, big time quarterbacks transferring. We we're we're allowing this stuff to get out of hand, and it's starting to become like mm -hmm. I, I got a nasty bad taste in my mouth. Smitty started the the ran off. So Smitty, uh, I think you agree, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. It, 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 it's uh, it's bad. I want to hear, hear from Steve and Tank, though. Well, I have a question for Tank, and I'll step out of the way. Tank, putting aside your NFL career, because you hit that genetic lottery, you worked hard enough, you're good enough. But aren't you glad, putting all of that aside, you stayed? Because I, I assume you stayed at one school, right? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you just glad you stayed and, and actually put down some roots where you I did? No, I am. Um, and the first thing I'll say is, did you guys see the Dr. Pepper commercial where they were saying, we're, we're losing our guys into the, the portal? portal. One. The portal one. Yeah, the Dr. Pepper hand. You can't let that go. Oh, I, I, I thought that was as good as any Super Bowl commercial. I, I was crying. But um, yeah, you know, I went to Washington. And, I, and one of the things I said to my, to my buddies in the group chat is, I said, guys, uh, at my university, well, I said, if we didn't if we went to school nowadays, we probably wouldn't even have a group chat uh, right. of like really, really close friends and all these roots. And like, the, and, and I just look at these guys and I look at the way, um, you know, your college experience, right? Like you, you want to belong somewhere. It's like, where, how, how do you, you know, what's more important? Uh, is it about like the, the entire experience? And I think JB, you said it, you know, you, you're talking about, I came in, I came into college as the number 13 tight end in the country left as a defensive tackle. My buddy Khalif Barnes was a defensive end, left as a 13-year NFL uh, offensive tackle. And and I feel like this this generation is trying to, like, you know, they're, they're just trying to, like, hopscotch around and, and, until some coach says, like, you're the guy. And and, and that's that that bothers me in a sense that, like, it, to like we talked about Dion, like, the, developing of players is, is no more, right? So it's like, you know, JB, you probably be in good business now because – 
JUCO players and transfer portal players. That's all right. And I mean, how many in-state scholarship guys, these seniors who are close to these institutions are, are being passed up for an opportunity to go to college, good mm -hmm. players, because they're pulling players out of the, the portal. And, and I just think that, you know, it, it's, you know, I think it's a sign of weakness. And then I got, I got a lot of pushback on, uh, on Instagram saying like, Hey, you know, these guys are going where the money is. And I, and I'm thinking to myself, like, but, but what, what does that mean for the, for the overall experience? So uh, I, I think, I mean, I don't think we can put the toothpaste back in the tube in, in terms of like cutting off this transfer portal, because in the beginning, in the beginning, you had to prove to the NCAA that the school that you were leaving uh, did something to you that was like right. irreparable. And that was the only way that you could play immediately right. at the other school. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and they just took that, that rule and just completely broke it. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had a kid, uh, JB, you know about this. I had a kid uh, at Texas A&M who essentially tried to hold the entire program hostage if they didn't uh, sign his uh, letter to, to a hardship letter to, to play right away. He's like, Hey, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't sign my paper, I'm going to, me and my dad are going to talk about the, the days that you practice too long, the, the way that you're doing, you know, uh, coaching players, uh, you put a guy with a concussion, you know, in the back or whatever, but like it, it, it turned to like these guys holding these institutions hostage and I, and I feel like they just like let go. And 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 to Eric Weddle's point yesterday, I, I feel like the NCAA, Mark Emmert against asleep at the wheel, missed a great opportunity to come in there and do something great for once. And they completely just messed it up. You know, Tank, to your point, uh, the, the, the era that you played on, you, Khalif, I think you got a really good safety, Akeem Akbar, wasn't that his name? Yes. Jeremy yes. Stevens, uh, Tuiasa Sopo. Those you guys are the one percent of the one percent. You turn football into a paycheck and a career. So, but ninety nine point nine five of the guys that even play Division One football, uh, by the age of twenty five, twenty six, you're going to enter the real world of non football. Yeah. And if you yeah. do not set down, and there's that old phrase, it's a cliche, but it's true. When you choose a college, it's not a four or five year decision; it's a forty to fifty year one. Yeah. And I, I, I tell this story again. Miami had a wide receiver by the name of Amon Richards, who was spectacular. Had one of the great freshman year. He was going to be a first round draft choice. His neck—he had a, a congenital defect in his neck, and he had to retire mm. after his sophomore year. And I asked him in a space. I said, Amon. Do you have any regrets about your football career, the way it ended, or going to Miami? And he said, no, and I'll tell you why. Because when I went to Miami, I made a pool of friends, and I networked. Yeah. And these people are now in business with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So in other words, he got something out of it more than just football. And Tank, I, I say this to young players all the time. Whenever I could talk to him, I said, number one, no matter what the money is, still go to the school that you want to go to and fits you best. Yeah. Bottom line. Because if it's all about the money, well, then every other year, Tank, you're going to be shopping. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing that no one's talking about either, and we'll move on. Back in the day when Tank played, I played, Smitty, even Smitty played not too long ago, but it still happened because I was coaching when Smitty was playing. We would take guys we recruited. I recruited Jason Pierre-Paul like crazy to bring him out to Cali Juco with me, and he was a tight end. He wanted to play tight end, dead set at tight end. 
And I'm like, nah, man, you're a fucking NFL DN. Lonnie Johnson, who I've had on this show, Smitty and I interviewed, former player of mine, came in as a receiver. I moved him to corner. He's a second-round NFL corner for the Saints now. Safety, nickel, plays it all 6'4", long, rangy. That is gone because you're transferring every semester and there's no evaluation of, hey, dog, maybe you can play tight end now. Like Instead of Tank coming in at tight end, now we moved him to give him a big-time NFL career because he played D-tackle in the NFL, not tight end. But it took a couple years of attrition to see him matriculate through the process. We don't see that no more. You know how many kids are lost in translation because they don't fit because they, they think they're a quarterback, guaranteed quarterback, and really, you could be a receiver, dog, in the NFL. But we don't see it because he transfers five times, and then he's stuck, and he's lost, and nobody remembers him. But yeah. he could be one of the best athletes in the NFL. We, we're, we're losing a lot of those guys that we used to save. Yeah, no, I think I think Smitty can attest to this. Like There, there was no better feeling than going through a season – having off off season workouts going to spring ball and feeling like you got so much better the game slowed yeah. down yeah. then you you play the season you have the off season workouts you go to spring ball and you you get that much better and and to me like every spring i was like oh yeah this game is getting easier and easier and easier and 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 i mean there's a very small percentage of guys who are having that experience these days you know uh i saw this interview North Carolina State had this quarterback, decent little player, last name Morris, and he basically said at the cutoff point, well, I'm sitting out now because uh, I want to pursue other opportunities and pursue, um, preserve my red shirt and look for some NIL opportunities going forward. And NC State said, okay, well, bye. And then he's doing an interview that was on Twitter. Well, NC State moved on from me. I'm thinking, timeout, bro. All you had to do was play football the rest of the year and be a good teammate and make that commitment. And you're probably the quarterback of the future for the Wolfpack. You can't have it both ways. And, and these kids are going to find out one thing. When you want to get into alumni situations or you want help from certain people that can help get you a job or a recommendation, uh, call me Tom or Richard because I'm petty. If you leave my school in certain circumstances to just portal out or go to a better team or a different team or more money, and you call me for something, I'm going to be like, okay, let me see your uh, graduation file. Oh, you left us after your second year. Go to that other school. Hey, it goes both ways here in this cold, harsh world if you want to be a mercenary. Mm. Uh, shout out to the guy that caught the winning touchdown against Oregon uh, for Washington. My player played for me mm. at Indy. Uh, did a lot of recruiting to get him there. Quentin Moore, uh, one of the best tight ends in America. Uh, plays at UW, uh, Tank's alma mater. So I just talked to him. I'm getting him on the show this week. Uh, great kid. Did a lot to get him there. He's from Seattle as well. To get him to Kansas was a tough one. And uh, I'm going to tell that recruiting story because I had a coach massage his mama's feet in the club. So anyway, we're going to break that down later on. Um, so, so look, going on, moving on, uh, moving on. I, I just missed the good old days when you'd give him a McDonald's bag full of $100 bills. That's hey, what I was more honest. Hey, me and, or, and I missed those too. $100, we, they called them $100 handshakes, man. Those, yeah. Those, that, that meant something, you know, but I guess now they're million-dollar handshakes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, uh. Robert Sala might be starting his fourth quarterback in the NFL. Um, I got to get into this. I'm, it's a little deeper than I think we think. Uh, I don't know if Bailey has that or not, but 
The rumors that I'm hearing, obviously I have a player on the team, Jermaine Johnson. I'm hearing that this wording's very interesting, Steve and Tank and Smitty. It says New York head coach declines to name a starter and denies that Zach Wilson is hesitant to play. That tells me there's something out there. And I'm hearing that the dude is so mentally drug that he is so fragile, he's uh, scared to screw up that he doesn't even want to start. I think the word we're looking for is the yips, and I get it. But I, I found it interesting. I'm watching a little bit of the Rams-Browns game, and I know they didn't win. And he, he, You know, Joe Flacco was on the Jets last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Joe Flacco right now is better than anyone that's available for the Jets. Joe Flacco still has a bazooka. Now, it's not always accurate. It doesn't always go where it needs to be. But he can at least make routine plays at a higher clip than anyone on the Jets. And um, Tank and Darnell, you guys are defensive players. Doesn't there come to a point where an offense is so bad, it starts to affect your effort after it? You guys have all had years like that, haven't you, where you're like, Jesus Christ, why are we even doing this? I think 1,000%. Yeah, 1,000%. Because, like, as much as you, you want to believe and keep the faith and, and believe that, hey, it, as long as we do our part on, on our side of the ball, we'll have a chance. At some point, though, man, when every single time as a defensive player you sit down and, like, two minutes later, your defense be ready. It's third, uh, it's third down. Defense be ready. It's like, what the – I'm still breathing heavy from the last drive. And we got we to be ready? Now, that's the worst feeling in the world, man. It's like – I'm over here. I'm like, please, just get a first down. Like, even if you don't score, just get a first down tank to give me a little breather. Because you keep going out on that field, it's 70 play, 80 play. It's like, listen, man, there's only so much we can do. And the offense not scoring, putting up points, you do lose that faith, Steve. And that's a real thing. And and you just get tired too. It's like I'm 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 one person. I'm a human, you know. So yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I know, I mean, if you have a losing season, it's like two seasons off your body, man. And anytime, anytime. Uh, you know, the, the defense is is really kind of like pulling the weight. I remember when uh, on my Bears team, you know, this obviously didn't get out into the media, but we we our defense basically told our offense, like, listen, just don't turn the ball over, you know, don't don't let the, the other defense score and and we we're gonna be okay. And and it, and it's one of those things where you 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 start to resent uh guys because you start piling up injuries. You start piling up, you know, you know these different soft tissue things that like probably wouldn't have happened if if the the game had a normal flow. But you you look at the the number of plays the defense is playing, and you know you get a little bit you, you get you get a lot of bit frustrated. But it's those guys who you know stick together and keep it internal that that turns around and and benefits you in the long run. Um, you, sometimes you just can't you just can't react publicly. But in, in terms of the Jets, man, I I think. I think this kid is shell shocked. I think he's in a position where he's putting so much bad film out there right now that he's like, I feel like my me playing bad is as a product of the line not being good and this and that. And so, you know, when when you start to pile up a lot of bad film, your opportunities are going going the other way. <laughs> well, Tank, you, you could say this: he's he probably put out more bad film than Ron Jeremy. But I mean, <laughs> but I, I, I've heard of the situation where. A defense starts to give more side eye than an Asian. And with our eyes, we give the sidest of side eyes. But I, mean, I always love it when a defense early in the year is like, hey, guys, play good defense. Then halfway through the year is like, hey, guys, 
we got to start creating turnovers. Like, all right, we got to get the ball back. Then by the end of the year, it's like, hey, guys, we got to start scooping and scoring and, and pick six. And I'm thinking, hold on. So you want us to play defense and score. I mean, there comes a point you would look at and you're like, you son of a – do yeah. your job. Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it, if you know your offense is shitty, you 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 start the season like that. Listen. Right. You, you, let's scoop and score. Yeah. If you if you get an interception, don't get tackled with the ball. Yeah, pitch, lateral. Pitch the, yeah, lateral <laughs> to the middle of the guy. I mean, I mean, when when you know what you're up against, I mean, you, you try to put up these little um, you know, little way ways to protect yourself, and and it just seems like now, man, it's just it's great. But hey, you know when Tom, when Tom Brady was saying that there's how he used to not throw to the middle of the field because uh, yeah. guys would get hurt. Yeah. I watched Kyler Murray get a guy killed this week and i was just thinking to myself like if that guy is conscious he gonna come back and fuck kyler murray up <laughs> I, I would too would he uh, try to just step on him would he just you know step on him yeah. crush him like a like a soda can for real oh my gosh hey beyond before steve gets out of here i gotta i, I want to do a top five coaching performances to date in the nfl so your top five nfl coaches to date uh here's mine I got Sirianni just because he continues to have the best record. He keeps winning. Uh, Mike McCarthy, I got in there. Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and Mike McDaniel. Hold on. Yes. Hold yes. on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's Shanahan at? Where's Shanahan? Go ahead. Where is she? Oh, Shanahan just outcoached Sirianni to a high Look, level. What are you, you doing? You're the side eye now. Right That's here. So I'm looking at you. Right. This is, I'm still this saying is, overall. This is, this is my side eye. But come on, coach. Yeah, overall, yeah, you tripping, bro. Sirianni's still oh, the best whoa. record. The, Super Bowl. the Niners have like the second best record in football. You're talking about this fucking sliced and diced the Eagles. The, the, the play calling was phenomenal. Like, oh, stop hating. Are you kidding me? I've been hearing that every year. Fuck. When's he going to no, win? You said right now. Stop yeah. talking about last year. He said right now to this day. When's he going to win? I'm saying right no, now. No, you know. When is Sirianni going to win one? Hey, Go guys, ahead, don't man. you think if the Go Niners ahead, are healthy, they're as good as anybody, though? Seriously. Yes, yeah, I do. I do. Oh, you do. But, okay. I, but 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 Shanahan's not as good as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, in terms of you know top five coaches, I mean, I I, I told you, JB, don't don't be surprising me with these with these questions. Top five motherfuckers, I don't know. I, I don't, don't, that's why I, I like doing it because it I, makes I it so better. Yeah, I don't get, I don't care about these coaches. You got to look at the coaches whose teams are playing the best, who uh, where the general manager and the coach put their plan together. You look at. You look at Philly, you look at uh, San Francisco, and you look at these teams where the, the plan came together. You can almost look at uh, Houston, you know, any any team where the, the plan that they set out to do came together and it didn't blow up in their face. You, you got you to gotta tip your hat to that team and those coaches. But, you know, a, a lot of people had plans and a lot of plans didn't work. I, I got a coach that might be my coach of the year that you don't have. Dan Campbell, you love Dan Campbell. No, no, Dan, look, I love Dan. Dan's the guy. A bunch of knee-biting guys from Detroit. But how about D'Amico Ryans in Houston? Yeah, I had him on last week. I got another guy, too, Steve, that no one's talking about. What about Shane Steichen? Uh, yeah. You know, what why about do we keep Chicago talking about everybody team? else, but we're not talking about my coach? They, they have a well, hey, record like the Texans. Darnell, congratulations. The Colts have their quarterback of the future. Thank Gardner you. Horseshoe. Why can't I just wow. celebrate my coach? Why call that all that say call that one. that like makes me have to go a, a different? Like, come on, shout out to Gardner Mitchell. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's being a veteran. He's playing well. I I, I like Gardner. I'm not gonna be against a, my team, but come on, it's not our future quarterback. But I do like what we're doing. 
And the Jaguars, I don't pray for no injury, so T's and P's up for Trevor Lawrence. But they lost yesterday, and Trevor Lawrence is hurt. They're 8-4. and four. The coach is 7-5 and five, right there, neck and neck in the AFC South. So you can say I got my goggles on, but I couldn't be keeping it real. I told you all year long, the coach is one of the scariest teams in the league right now. We the yeah. only team. We got a four-game winning streak. Look it up. No team has more, has one more in the road than we, we are right now. Hottest team in football, you don't want to see it. That's all I'm saying. Now, That's with Gardner Horseshoe locking down the job, what type of package, Coach and Tank, do you think the Colts can get for AR5? Maybe a first-round draft choice? Yeah. I think you get a lot. Of, yeah, you get a lot. You can probably get like a Chico. <laughs> you probably get like a Chico stick. Chico stick and $5. <laughs> Facts, facts. And, and maybe they'll throw in his uh, cutoff jean shorts to the, in the deal because that's about all he got going for himself in the, on the free agent market. Oh, hey, George are big in Gainesville. George, George are big in Gainesville. Saying, are you talking about Gardner? Yes, You're yes. Gardner, thank oh, you. Gardner, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, Even I would, I'm talking about AR5. What can uh, you get for him? I said $5 and a Chico stick. Oh, my God. I, I mean, the, the kid hasn't played enough and it, to, to do anything. I don't, you, you're not going to get shit for him right now. He's, 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 just a, he's just a talent at this point, an unproven talent who needs a lot more coaching. All right, let's go. Let's uh, real quick, Steve, you're leaving. I know top five. Play uh, performances in the NFL as of right now. Your top five teams as of last night. Here's mine. How hmm. is Eagles still number two, though? Yeah, they're, they're kind of struggling. Too, and it, it goes they're beyond last too. week's loss. They got their they're ass beat. Too. You said top five performances right now. They got their ass beat. There's no, no way to number two. top five teams. All right, but hold on. The Dolphins, you really Either think way. they're the – one of the there, you think they're top. I think they're top five ish. You really think Dolphins are number three? I mean, as of three. right oh, now, they, they're just they can't beat anybody on that list, in my opinion. <laughs> Jamie, so you soft. told me that the Dolphins were, were the, they're they're talented, but they're soft as hell. Anytime they play, it's a physical going up team. Record, I'm going okay, but why don't you have right the, one of the most physical teams above them in the fucking Baltimore Ravens? Ravens. Put respect on the Ravens. They got the best defense in the league. Teams are averaging 15 points against them. They, they got yeah. a strong running game. Whether yeah. you hate Lamar or not, take him out of it. Cool. You don't like Lamar. Cool. He's average. He can't throw the mid. He, he's a Rams big player. Cool. Well, Everybody right. else. This is, still I wouldn't want to play the Rams league. right now. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't want to play the Rams right now. You can't tell me the Rams right now are better than the fucking Ravens right now, JB. You can't tell me right Who wants to play the Rams right now? Nobody. The Colts want to play them. The, the Rams want to play them. <laughs> the Colts want to uh, play them. <laughs> the Colts want to play them. That's easy money. <laughs> you can put the Ravens in there. I get money. it. You can put the Rams in there. I get the Ravens. I mean the Ravens. I'm sorry. You can get the Ravens in there. I get it. But right now, record-wise, the Lions and the Ravens I left off because I think the Rams are ascending and those other teams are going to hit a wall, and that's where my opinion is. You really think if the Lions and Rams played on a neutral field, you right would now, right now, the I take Rams the Rams over the Lions? Right now, I take the Rams right now. Oh, hey, God, Steve, really? Hey, Steve, let me ask you. You taking golf over Stafford right now? No way. You I'm see taking Stafford? the Lions Stafford over the Rams. And, and Stafford, the Lions. Might be playing, Stafford might be playing as well as anybody right now in the league. The Lions back into their defense. They got to get another cornerback or a playmaking safety. because their, their secondary concerns me. But that team offensively is explosive, and they have a lot of weapons. I think the, I think the Lions are a year away from really, really being good. 
Okay, now, how can you not put the Ravens in the top five? They might go to the Super Bowl. The oh. AFC is a little bit down. I'm just telling you, you the Ravens are tough. Do you know who their quarterback is? A former oh, MVP. Right I'm yeah. We've seen this story. We've seen this movie. Steve Kim and Tank. I want both of y'all because I don't know if y'all y'all are aware. I know Tank, you just now started like really joining the show. Before this season started, we made our Super Bowl predictions. I don't know if we got the clip in. I don't know if we got the way to find the clip or to grab it. I chose the Ravens and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I did have I did have the Eagles winning. But right now, man, you got to tell me, I look like fucking a genius right now. <laughs> JB picked the Jets. The 49ers and the is beat their team by 40. What? The 49ers just beat the team you say yeah, is going to win. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm telling you, I think the Niners win healthy. They are the best team in the, league, in, in the league. But every single year, for whatever reason, something happens with the Niners. I'm not wishing in, in, uh, injury. I'm not wishing nothing like that. But Brock Purdy needs everything to be flawless yeah. for him to play at this level. As soon as Trent Williams goes down or he's a little off, Brock Purdy's a whole other quarterback. As soon as Debo is, 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 has an ankle sprain, he's a whole other quarterback, a whole different team. I still think the Eagles are going to win the game when it matters the most in the mm. playoffs. They're still 10-2. They're, they're still a really good team. I'm not going to let the one bad loss just say they're just a shitty team. I'm just saying that they shouldn't be top two, top three right now today. They still have the best record in football. Okay, so all right. So like I said, I got them and the Ravens going to the Super Bowl, and I sound like a fucking genius right now, and you don't want to admit it because both your teams that you chose, the Jets and the Bengals, are ass. No, they're out with a no quarterback. Hey, how right, about Jake Browning last? Jake from State Farm Browning. Unbelievable, didn't he? Oh, no. I, I, I was impressed. I, I wasn't I actually thought he put on one of the best performances of the year, just slowly matriculating the ball down the field. Way, his mechanic, his quarterback mechanics, fundamentals are as elite as I've seen anyone perform all year long. Like his mechanics. Just mechanics, like his ride and glide, stepping, transfer of weight, getting out on the boot naked, pulling up right here on a boot naked, defensive ends up the football field, look at him, pop his hips right now, finding him, pull up, get it out. That is as good as it gets. You see a lot of quarterbacks right there get a sack. They take sacks right there. He pulled it up, got it out. He looked as good fundamentally. He's no, He's not wasting any Wasted steps in his drop. He's getting it out on his back. He's hitting his back foot, socking the wall, transferring his weight. He's not stuck on his back foot. You see so many quarterbacks right now on their back foot, throwing it out. This kid is taking it in the chin. He looked as good as I've seen. I'm just going to be honest. Furthering my point, though, Steve, you could fucking play anybody right now instead of these $100 million busts and well, win in the NFL. I'll say this. It looked a lot like his days at Washington in 2016. He was a quick rhythm, oh, yeah. didn't have the great arm talent, but Peterson kind of like tailored it to him. But again, let's see what happens with a little bit of tape on him, but he's got a lot Thank of weapons. You, I think the Bengals well, actually found a guy that could hold the fort for a little bit. Well, I think he, the biggest thing that I saw was the improvement from week to week. You know, when he was the, the week before, I think he, he was a little bit, I think the game was a little bit fast for him. Anytime, uh, backup quarterbacks come in the game. They, they, you know, the, the game's moving so fast and they have to adjust. You know, he really adjusted going last night, going into my fantasy game. I had a 98% chance of winning. I, and, and my, uh, my opponent had uh, Jamar chase. He had, oh. uh, he had, uh, 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 what's the running back name? 
for the Bengals. Oh, Joe Mixon. Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Man, I ended up losing from I he had a one or two percent chance of winning. And I'm thinking, like, if 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 Browning plays like he played the week before, it's an easy win. That kid came out there and he righted the ship for the Bengals. And he, like you said, he looked like the Bengals have a formidable backup quarterback. It is the year of the dog, baby. Let's go. Browning hey, I, is I the Tom Brady of mechanics. This guy <laughs> is the greatest backup of all late. time. And he is on the same level as Joe Burrow. You don't need to pay your starters $100 million because you had a backup who can go out there and do the exact same thing. How long has he been in the league, Tang? How Browning long is about a six-year player now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six years. So, I, see, if he was a three-year player, he earned a bag last night. But I don't know if he did because he's six years. That kind of he's kind of over the uh, over the hill there. Why though? I, I I still remember Rich Gannon for a full decade was like a journeyman, had some flashes, and then in, he came into the league in like '87, and then Rich Gannon did not become a full time starter till about his tenth year, and then didn't win an N- He won his MVP, I think, is like his thirteenth year. I actually think Jake Browning. Is still a relatively young guy. There's not a lot of miles on the odometer, guys. He hasn't played a lot of football. And the yeah. speed of the game, I was impressed by the way he handled everything last night. I mean, there's a, there's going to be some teams that need a quarterback like next year. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, shit. Who knows? I don't know. Here's Smitty's top five real quick. Of course, he's going to have the Ravens. and He's bitching at me about the Eagles at two, but he has them at three? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What's the difference? Are you fucking joking? The main me? problem is who you had them in front of, JB. That's the oh, main what? issue. That's the main issue. The Ravens, they're not better than Ravens. They can't be better than nine. And I just destroyed them. I almost put them at four, but the problem is they already played the Cowboys once. They play again this upcoming weekend, but they played once and they beat the Cowboys. So just like the college football playoffs, how we couldn't put Bama in front of Texas because they saw each other. I can't put the Cowboys in front of the Eagles unless they beat them this weekend which I think the Cowboys will win this weekend, but we'll talk about picks later on. But that's why I got them at number three, like just to give you my logic. And then the Dolphins, number five right now, I think, I think they're leading the AFC, so I got to show them some love. But they're soft, I think, overall in comparison to these other teams. So this is a correct top five. I think the Eagles will end up being number four after this weekend. But as of right now, I got to put them in front of the Cowboys because they haven't they have the Cowboys lost against them. So, I mean, I can't put a team. The, the Ravens play the Niners. Here. The Ravens play the Niners here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I can't wait to see that shit. Mm-mm-mm. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see that shit. <laughs> you can't Where's wait. it at? Is it in Baltimore or is it in the Bay? It don't matter. It don't matter. The Niners just went matter. to Philly. The Niners just went to Philly, bro. And dominated them. So it doesn't the thing matter. is, Baltimore got them same dogs. We had our guy Patrick Queen on the show. You know, you know what he's about. That's a dog right there. We got they got already the best linebacker uh, tandem or top five in the in the league. Javion Clowney's man. We got him. He gets he gets a lot of uh, we talk down upon him because you know he didn't live up to the hype, but he's having a hell of a year right now with the Ravens. And that guy on the other side, Lamar Jackson, he's a, a potential to win MVP this year. That guy right there, man. He got Webbers on the outside. I can't wait to see that game. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, Steve, real quick before you get get out of here, give us all a breakdown of Ryan Garcia's performance. <laughs> we did it in the football palooza the other day. Ryan, he, he, we had him on the big screen. I wish you could have got up and drew over him. But anyway, break that fight down. Well, you know, look, he ended up winning, but he, look, he's, I call him the 4F. Fast, flashy, fun, but flawed. 
And then he tried that uh, Floyd Mayweather yeah, shoulder but... roll, and he ended up turning his back and crouching over. And so, you know, certain people, instead of calling it, they, they really call that style the Philly shell. People on Twitter are now calling it the fetal shell. Yeah. I, I just like, bro, because the way he was doing it, see, one thing, and James Tony's explained this to me. James lights out Tony, great fighter. That move, when you ride out that right hand and you slip and you try to catch and counter, you have to be in a position to throw a straight right hand right down the middle. You have to almost time it. So it's almost like an offensive move. People think of it as a defensive maneuver. I really think of it as the beginning of your offense if you're good at it. And instead, Ryan is just turning his back, crouching over, and bending over. And I'm thinking, bro, just look, he's got a lot of physical tools. He's got some athleticism. But to me, coachability is a very, very big, important question mark with him. And let's be honest, they fought this at a catch weight against a career lightweight. He had all the advantages. Ryan is a very popular, lucrative fighter. But do I ever think he beats a Tank Davis, a Shakur Stevenson, or a Devin Haney, a Subriel Matias, to Teofimo Lopez? No, I don't. I don't think he's good enough. He gets hit too much. And he relies really on one hand. He's a one-armed bandit with that check hook of his. And I look at him as a guy. Let's just put it this way, and I'll leave you with this. When he was out there ripping Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins, two true legends of the game, acting like a petulant brat. And I'm thinking to myself, you're questioning these guys' credentials. And this is almost like, in sync, ripping the temptations or new addition, bro. Get out of here. Yeah. You wish you were them. You ought to be a little bit more respectful. And he tries to sound all intelligent. And I've said this, and I know they're going to be very mad at me, but Ryan Garcia sounds smart and profound to dumb people. And mm. thankfully, there's social media for him. And he's very good at a lot of things, but he's still very much an under, under underdeveloped raw fighter. That's it. Hey, That's Steven, I find it just blatant disrespectful for anybody to try any type of crouching tiger hidden dragon when you are the fucking king of that. Yeah, I mean, look, Floyd. Floyd's a very inf influential fighter, but we have to be honest. Floyd did not create that style. Guys like George Benton were doing it. In fact, Roger Mayweather, God rest his soul, yeah, his uncle, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the original Black Mamba, who was the Mexican assassin out here in the eighties. He did a great shoulder roll to Philly Shell. James Tony did some stuff that was almost like it almost looked choreographed the way. And James Tony would always tell me, he goes, Hey, Kim, do not compare me to Floyd. And I go, Why not? He goes, Because I threw off my shit. All Floyd did was like this. He goes, Steve, I I ran you in the punches. And there's a huge his fight against Iran Barkley is absolute art. But look, Ryan Garcia is always going to make a lot of money. He'll always be very popular, but it'll always be a level of bullshit with him because he's going to say things about, hey, I'm recommitted, I'm refocused, I'm rededicated. You know what I think, guys? Anytime you have to say that more than once, you're not rededicated, you're not really focused, and you're kind of like just playing a role. And he's going to try. And then here's the thing that really, I'm going to wrap it up here. Then afterwards, he's I want to fight a champion. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and he points out Roly Romero. Oh, my God. Yeah. Roly Romero is terrible. He's one of the worst belt holders in boxing. 
And look, this weekend, guys, we can talk about this later. There's a really good fight. Regis Pro Gray, another good 140 pounder that I would favor over Ryan, takes on Devin Haney. Ooh. Now, that's a hell of a fight out there in the Bay Area. I, I would suggest that if you can, try to watch that fight. And the winner of that makes a strong argument for being one of the two or three best 40-pounders in the world alongside Tiafimo Lopez. And I look at guys that I mentioned, like those guys, as being legitimate. Okay, They are the temptations. They are new addition. Well, Ryan Garcia is kind of like the Backstreet Boys in NSYNC. Yeah, they're both kind of doing stuff, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Hey, but there's only one hidden, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, and that's you. I try. I try. You can't have any one non-Asian be, you know, crouching tiger. Bradley, please cut that last clip of of the of the analogy, please. The Backstreet Boys in sync. That's gonna go viral for our page. Tag Steve Kim. And I want to say line. something. And and sync and Backstreet. I they actually have songs that I like. So my apologies to them. No disrespect. No disrespect. But anyway. Me. What the fuck? What did you just do? Ba, ba, ba. I don't know. One of them groups sung that. I don't know what yeah. you <laughs> I, I would have kept that in the back pocket there, Smitty. I, I would have I kept that. <laughs> Hell no. He just got excluded from all the barbecues in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you I can't be. A, I invented the barbecue, brother. I can't be excluded from my own event. <laughs> Yeah, the, the other events you don't even show up at. We already saw your yearly appearance, by the way. But oh, uh, yeah, go. hey Steve, we're gonna do. If you want to come through, I'll get to fight this weekend. No, I think I got plans already, but I'll let you know. But I'll talk to you oh, guys on Thursday. Hold on now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was so, there Saturday. So it's cool when you got plans, but when that's when Big Smitty got plans. Oh, you want to take a look? Hey, you want to take a look at my attendance record compared to yours? Don't, don't yeah, we got that, Smitty. I'm sorry that I'm a little busier than y'all. I got, I got. I got I got a vent tonight. I got I got invited to. I, I just get invited to a lot of stuff. Well, have fun at the Tupperware party. Have fun. I'm a little <laughs> younger than y'all. I'm 29. Y'all 40. Y'all 49, 50. I I got more. I got more things going on. You know what I mean? Oh, thanks. Okay. All I right, guys. Talk to you Thursday. Tank, good seeing you again, brother. Good to see you, brother. Peace. Uh, Tank, do you agree with me that quarterback is the softest position on the football field? Let's get the brass tax right now. No, because Chank played with real ones who were fucking. Nah, I don't try, don't try to influence this. Don't no, try to influence this answer. Don't, don't give him no love. Let him, let him answer straight up. No, yeah, the, the softest position on the football field is gotta be special teams kicker punter. I knew you were gonna say that. So take them out. We, take them out. Yeah, quarterback. Quarterback is you know they're the most protected and all that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they're protected. Now, <laughs> Big City. Now, this hey, I don't care. Now, back in the day, tomorrow. Homie. Your ass would have got your ass stiff armed by me. I'm just keeping it real. Maybe <laughs> I would have broke your fucking arm. Man, you're you a quarterback who stood in a pocket. You that. You ain't barbecue chicken. I love hey. a quarterback who don't move hey. around, don't run, who stays in the pocket. You my favorite type of quarterback. You my JB. favorite type of food, JB. Do you do you got where your where your highlights at, JB? Why don't you uh, you put up clips of all the other stuff? Why don't you put up a little thirty second highlight of you talking all that, that shit? Yeah. Hey, speaking of highlight. We got the main man on here, Tank. Oh my gosh! What oh, are we got here? Oh, we got man. a little Tank film. It's old school. Hold on, check let's it see. out. Ooh. Oh my goodness! Ooh. Look at Rumble. Look at Tank. With the hey, hey. former Good. tight end. Former tight end. You got Rest the nine nine on. Yeah, man. So I mean, when we we got we got the University of Texas, and this game, uh, you know, if you see, it's twelve zero in the first. 
quarter, they came back and beat us uh, because they threw the ball to their uh, great wide receivers. And and I, you know, we need our get back in New Orleans this year. We need our get back against University of Texas because, uh, you know, I had a 38 yard touchdown against them boys. You know, I didn't I didn't put in wreck against all the final four except Alabama. So, you know, I, I got plenty of film out there. I JB, if you if you got a couple clips of you slanging that thing, I I'd be I'd love to see it. This motherfucker Freddie Mac said I don't got none. <laughs> bitch, please. <laughs> please. Motherfucker got me fucked up. Wait till I hey, get my tank. Hey, tank. Over from DVD, CD. I'm gonna get it over and put it on this motherfucker. And all you motherfuckers gonna be sitting there like, damn. By the way. We can bring many people out here on the show that'll show tell you what the fuck's happening. I don't want to hear words. I want to see film. Yeah, okay. I don't lie. I'll get it. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. My boy, boy JB got look. Smitty. I don't got YouTube filming shit like you. Look, JB got JB got the fucking. He got to put the tape in like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, hey. I got a couple of. I got a, my high school is VHS. I ain't. I can't. I can't clip him off like that. Hell yeah, I am too. <laughs> uh, I my shit too. Hey, I got a new graphic, though, just for all the haters out there. Oh, so this is guy in L.A. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, baby! Oh, wow. Man, those goggles. Golly. Good job, Bailey. That's what I'm talking about. Put them on. Shit. Put them motherfuckers he got the, look, on. He got, the, he got the damn, uh, you know, the coach right be having a little here. string around his neck with the whistles. Right, so live and die in L.A. Fuck it. Let's roll. Oh, wow. You was a wild boy. Can't wait to get Tank. Tank, we got to make Tank one. We got to make Tank one, Bailey. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Maybe UW, Texas, something. Hey, uh, we got to get back to this uh, this script here. Uh, a lawyer is representing the family of the Giddy kid. And I want to get your guys' take on this. This Giddy kid uh, or whatever, apparently. the One of the baddest-ass fucking attorneys in America, female as well, is... Uh, is taking over this thing. Gloria Allred, of, of course, she's taking this thing over because she's like, screw that. I see money out there. And I got 15 boys out here that I know that just got, you know, 30 years later, got accused of some bullshit. So it's hot right now. So she's going to jump all over this. Now, we don't know the truth of any of this thing. I know, what's her name? Uh, What's her name? The girl on ESPN. She's taking heat. Masika, Masika, Malika Andrews, Malika, Malika Andrews. Andrews, and Des Bryant, Stephen A. They got a big old feud going on because Malika, because Malika Andrews married a white boy. They're not talking about it. All this crazy shit's going on, right? Where are you guys at with this thing? Because the girl is from here, Newport Beach. Right. So the girl's yeah. from here. I don't know how old she is. I don't know anything about this thing. Uh, and to be honest with you guys, I really don't give a fuck. I, I see a lot of fucking rich money involved here. The girl's parents are millionaires. They live in Balboa. She's not struggling. I think she clearly wanted to do it, and I think he wanted to do it. And I think it's a case of a 21, 22-year-old giddy, and I don't know how old the girl is. Either way, I understand the law of it, and I'm by far against it and anything domestic violence against a girl, but I don't see this as a, like, attacker and a predator. I think it's a two young cats, and this motherfucker is just dumb, not realizing she's 17. Yeah, I mean, I think the situation, I mean, first of all, there's a couple of things 
to talk about here, right? Like she was in a club that was for, you know, 18 or, or 21 and over, right? And so uh, they're, they're talking about Giddy has a lawsuit against the club because she was uh, underage in a club, right? And then as far as the Gloria Alred situation goes, um, I don't know if they're hiring her to pr protect them against a countersuit or to kind of hit the gas on the underage thing, right? They're kind of keeping it close to the vest. Um, I, I see right now they're trying to say that Giddy is uh, from another country. And so he the, the legal age of consent in his country is one thing. Bottom line is this, right? I, I think a, a lot of this is a cash grab. The girl tweeted out that she just effed Josh Giddy or whatever his name is. And, and so she's put that out there, right? And so the, the fact that that it, it, it turned on this guy, uh, on this kid, I think it's it's unfortunate uh, because like you said, I think it was too willing participant and it wasn't uh, an attack and it wasn't, and it wasn't an SA situation. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, this is, does a disservice to, you know, all of the real victims who are really out there and, and, and who are really trying to get justice when you got these people with these money grabs and this clout chasing. Uh, it's unfortunate. And, you know, hopefully uh, it, it comes out that, you know, th that the guy kind of he, he understood what was going on and, and there's no real big penalty. But it, it's just it's a it's a bad look across the board. I've heard, Smitty, I've heard two things. So I've heard that the kid and the mom and the parent came out and said, we don't want to press charges. We don't want to do anything. Right. Because we fucked up. That's what I heard. Because of the ID, fake ID, she got cracked, a bunch of different shit. Yeah. He didn't know whatever, right? If that's the case, because that's what he's going to use, regardless if he knew or not. Now, me, us three, I pretty much surely know. I got a 24-year-old daughter. I know if... That shit has hair on it or not. Let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. Meaning, yeah. I know if you're mature enough to have fucking... I, I know what age group I'm fucking with. It so, happened like two years ago. So he was 19, I think. So I I need to know how old she is right now. I mean, like, because... Is she I'm 18 here, now? I think she's 18 now, and she was 15. He was 18, from what I hear. See, I, okay. Like, because I need... Because I've I, I been seeing people say she's 15 now. I'm like, oh, shit. So if, if that was the case, I mean, she was fucking 13. Like, but but the but the biggest point is this: the the point that Dez is talking about is that it, it it feels like when these white players have these issues, they're protected. You know, they 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 talk about we don't have all the information, and and, and when you look at a situation like Von Miller, right? Like the 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 girl uh, uh, Megan has 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 retracted her story and all that. But before you know all that even happened. You know, Stephen A, Malika Andrews, they're, they're, you don't hit women, you don't do this. And then when you got the situation with Giddy, I know there's not a, a, a whole lot of meat on the bone. People, There's not a lot of information out there, but still it, it felt like uh, it was out for days and nobody said anything about it. It was almost like the elephant in the room. And, and, I, and I think the conversation has to be about like, who are you protecting? I know that, you know, when it comes to the, the black athletes, you know, we are an easy target, right? Like, you know, uh, the bravado, the swag, you know, the and all that. And so, you know, it's easy to kind of say, let me smack you guys down with, with, you know, build you up to tear you down type of thing. But I think you just have to do it both ways. But in, in, in the case of this situation, I think there just wasn't a lot of information, but they still should have talked about it. Mm. No, you I agree. I, I, like, and it goes both ways because we saw the kicker for the Buffalo Bills basically San Diego State kid be absolutely fucked. He's blackballed and he was innocent. And he was and innocent. We threw, him, we threw him under the bus so quickly 
And now that kicker has yet to be hired. Why? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's it's the same, same, same with Mel Tucker. It's just, you know, I think these, you know, these women are going to put themselves in a cry wolf situation where they're not going to be believed. And that's, that's bad because like you said, I've got a 20 year old daughter and, and an 18 year old daughter. And you know, these, these girls who are doing it right need to be protected. And, and with, with so many of them crying wolf, it's going to be so hard to just take them at face value. Yeah. Mm. Um, across. It goes both ways and it goes both ways. Cause it, you got Stephen A and, and everybody out there, like Ryan Clark, all these people that defend everybody that, that push, we get black coaches get fired too quick, but yet Ryan Clark's out there pushing for Anthony Lindy to be fired from the Chargers one year. And I'm like, hold on, dog. Let's we gotta keep it both ways. I said every like Smitty and I go back and forth all the time. We've never coached, we never Smitty never played for a black coach. Mm-hmm. He's like, it is what it is. Like we, we, but we never had that issue in the locker room either. If you knew the motherfucker was foul, we knew he was foul. Well, and it I- was issue here here's my philosophy here's my philosophy on blacks and white coaches right it's like this and real quick black head coach just for clarity black head coach black head coach okay in in our community right we are more used to using our athletic talents to take us to where we have to go so if a guy is going to the nfl let's say he's a fringe player this i believe that black athletes are more likely to continue to try to, to get on that team, right? Make that team, get cut, make that team, try to make that team, right? Where the white player already knows that he's not going to be making the team. And so therefore he goes into coaching earlier. And so I, I think what that does is it is there, it creates a bigger pool of white coaches because these guys understand like, Hey, I don't have NFL talent. I'm not going to be the, you know, even if I do go to the NFL, I might play one year, and, you know, I, I think my future is in coaching, whereas I think that a lot of black players, we will kick, scratch and bite to, to continue to play and, and get our opportunity. And so it creates uh, it creates a pool, a bigger pool of white coaches and a smaller pool, a pool of black coaches. And I don't think that that's like a, a, a doing of anyone in particular. I think it's just kind of like the way that we come up and the way that we, you know, we we want to play. They know that they can't play and they want to coach. So it, it, it just creates a different, you know, size variable. Yeah, one quick note on that. Uh, good, good. One quick note. So I, that's a hell of a point, Tank. First of all, I, I, it's a different perspective that I don't think a lot of people uh, think about. But I also say this, man. Who are the people responsible for hiring the head coach for these franchises? White, it, white, oh, white dudes. Bingo. So naturally, I'm not even saying uh, whether you think they're racist or not. That's a whole. That's that's just an opinion. Beyond that, you're gonna hire who you're comfortable with. You're gonna hire who you're like who you familiar with. You know, if I if I have a company and I'm interviewing people, I'm gonna have a mixed crowd. But I probably would have more black people just naturally because I can. It's the relatability factor. Like when I talk to another black person, I might be my first time meeting them, and we're just talking about life. Nine times out of ten, it's a lot of shit that we can relate with. So it just ma- it makes you feel comfortable, and I understand your lingo. I understand what you mean when you say this and that. Where I might not understand what this white guy is saying because this his situation is a little different, or his mindset might might be a little different. It's, it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's just a matter of who is in position to make the hiring decision and who am I comfortable with and familiar with. And because we don't have a lot of black people uh, uh, in the higher up decision making positions gms things like that 
this is going to be the result. You're going to hire, for the most part, who you're comfortable with, in my opinion. So I think that's also another factor. Look, this agreement is great, great conversation. Every time anyone talks about race or anyone gets into politics, people are going to get butthurt one side or the other. It is what it is. I know you two. I know you knew, You know me. Everyone knows me. It's like if the cats in the chat can't handle it, then leave. I don't give a fuck. Here's the issue I have, though, that no one wants to talk about beyond what Tank just mentioned. In this profession, young brothers especially get hired to be, I'm not going to say what we call it, but to basically tame the locker room. Mm -hmm. If y'all get what I say and and Tank knows what I mean. So they are strictly to recruit and manage the 90% of what's in the locker room, brothers. And that is the fact. And no one was going to bring that up. And by doing this, I know so many young brother coaches that are really, really fucking legit that will never get a shot, number one, because they are only there to recruit and manage the groups. They're not there to excel in the profession. Only the few that get out of there, like the Freemans and, you know, Tomlin got out years ago. But there is a big picture thing here at the macro level that nobody will bring up that I know for a fucking fact. It is what it is. A lot of coaches are like, all right. It's so very deep. It's so deep buried that the cats can't get it from out of that. I got to get in where I fit in, manage the group, recruit these motherfuckers, make sure they're not fucking raping and pillaging and robbing McDonald's at night. I got to go in the dorm and manage my fucking running back group. I got to go handle D-line. And the head coach tells me, don't let it get on my desk. And now I got to fucking, uh, I'm over here running around. When is that guy going to be able to move up the ladder? Yeah, <laughs> as soon as as soon as soon we start to incentivize going into coaching over playing sports, right? I think we have to identify right. young young leaders, uh, guys with, you know, great character. They got their media savvy. Uh, and and they can galvanize a group, and you know instead of going and playing one year in the league or or, or bouncing around, you know incentivize that. Give these guys an opportunity to uh, to to understand that coaching shit. You can coach until you're 70, 80 years old. You're gonna play foot. You're gonna play football until you're, you know, at the at the most 35, 40. I mean that's on the you know other, the crazy end of the bell curve. So you know I, I think we've you know we've got to like ins- you know we've got to adjust what's cool. You know, what's cool is having the opportunity to provide for your family for, you know, years to come and and not having that kind of spike drop off when you, when you play football and you get done and you're dropped into the wilderness. So um, I I think it's just the way we look at it and also incentivizing it a lot early for uh, the young leaders. Yeah. Yeah, And I I think we're seeing more black coaches lately too, as well. We're seeing more former players. I mean, we mentioned D'Amico Ryan's obviously who who comes to mind, but there's even the college level. I know a lot of my teammates are, are up and coming coaches, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a position coach or just now starting at the GA level, whatever the case may be. I do feel like right now they're they're, there. This is a, I'm not going to say it's the peak, but we have a, a large amount right, of see, minority a lot of coaches. Won't, a lot of people won't talk about the truth. The truth of the matter is the HBCU is where black coaches go to die. Yeah. See, nobody wants to talk about True. it. Nobody wants to mention that, though. HBCU coaches, I'm sorry, I, I know a lot of them. Great dudes, great, great dudes. For the most part, they're fucking horrific coaches. Yeah. And unfortunately, they go there because they think it's where they are safe. 
And unfortunately, that's their stopping ground. They stop there because they don't get around anyone else that teaches them anything better so they can excel. They go there and they get stuck. I'm just telling you right now, HBCU as a coaching fraternity is worse than fucking JUCO. And it is very, very bad. And the coaching is horrific. The structure, all the shit that's stereographed about brothers in the professional world is right there in the HBCU. And that's why I get hot at Dion. That's why I don't. Why aren't you going back there? Why aren't you clinicking? Why aren't you having a fucking nap? Big time coaching convention for HBCU with big time coaches. Like you have access. Do it. But I don't ever see it. I just see all the shit talked about. I used to do it. I bring them in like, dog, you guys are fucked. This is not how you do this on this level. Well, the, the, the infra- at, at, the H- at the HBCU level, the infrastructure is just not there, right? So what the, the priority at HBCU is tradition, culture, education, right? Football is kind of fans. That's that's culture, that's right? Shows. That that's that's the culture, and so you know, I, I I think they have a beautiful, rich tradition, and 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 quite frankly, sports is just not at the top of you know of the pecking order. There's a lot of other things that are more important, and anyone, Dion or Hugh Jackson, whoever who goes there, they're going there uh, to their detriment because they're going to have to build, build, and and it's really tough to build an institution uh, and, and trying to get them to divert these funds, their attention to football when, you know, historically that's not been the, the thing that's brought out, you know, shit, they go, people go to the football game to see the band more than they go to see the fucking players. So, you know, I, I just think that they've, they've, they've got a really rich tradition in other things and sports is just not at the top of the pecking order. And yeah, one last thing too, go ahead. one quick thing too, man, you mentioned like coaches go there to, you know, to, to their detriment. Like it's also a lose lose if I'm being real. Cause in the black community, if you go, you go, you go to HBCU to coach, right? Um, and if you're trying to, if, you know, if you're trying to grow in, in your career, but you do a poor job, it's a wrap. You'll never get another job. On the flip side, you go there and do a great job and actually get a chance to to, to go to another school like Coach Prom did. The whole black community is like, "Oh, you a sellout? Why the hell you you leave HBCU? You should have stayed there and did your thing and, and helped to help grow and and change the entire culture, right?" It's like, damn. So, like, it's, it's never enough. Either, like, either way, no matter what I do, it's not going to be enough. So, like, yeah, yeah, I don't there's, know. Yeah, there's, there's, there's also no- an issue called nepotism, real quick. There's also a nepotism deal that I know I know a thousand coaches right now off the top in my Rolodex that are better than both of Bill Belichick's kids. Yeah. One of them coaches all black secondary in the fucking NFL, and the other one coaches pretty much all black linebacker group in the NFL. In the NFL who either one of them really were stellar players at the D3 level. So you know how many coaches I know in there that can go in there and fucking get more out of it? That's Belichick's group, to be honest, the main, the dad. He's the D coordinator. He's the genius behind. The kids are there. Why? I know a thousand coaches in my Rolodex right now better than fucking Andy Reid's son. He only got to get a DUI, almost kill a motherfucker, and continue to stay in the NFL and coach. So let's just keep it real. I can't even get a fucking job or get looked at. Are you shitting me? Don't talk to me about all this other old shit out here in the chat. Because I'll show you some real shit that you guys won't even want to fucking talk about. Especially at the four-year level. There is nepotism, a crazy nepotism, where a dude I know, white or black, it don't matter about color. We just hire the real dude. Hire the best dudes. But we don't do that no more. 
I'll see a guy skipped over as an analyst and go straight to the son of the coach and then move it around and act like it's not nepotism because, oh, well, in Kansas, we can't have nepotism hires. Guess what happened, though? The son of the K-State head coach, he called Jimbo Fisher and said, hey, bro, can you hire my son over here at AM? Sure, bring him over. And he's just skipped fucking 20 GAs that have been grinding for fucking 10 years. That happens every day. Nobody knows it. Nobody talks about it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I mean, that ain't no secret. Well, who knows you? Yo, who knows you? Whatever. I mean, listen, you know, it, it's it's no secret when you walk into the Chicago Bears facility, every fucking door says McCaskey. When you play for the Cowboys, every door says uh, Jones. It, it's, I mean, it's shit. I hope one day to be able to have an office and every door say Johnson. I, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, if you know, I, I look at the one thing Dion's doing is keeping his family uh, close and he's keeping everybody there. And listen, if it, it you know, that, that's the one thing that I learned. Listen, when my daughter got cut from the volleyball team, I, you know, I, as a professional athlete, I didn't want to go there and throw my weight around and be in the stands and put pressure on the coach. But then I realized every other fucking parent's doing it. You know, like I'm doing my daughter a disservice by not, you know, not getting in there and 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 letting my nuts hang for, you know what I'm saying, as a as a former pro athlete. You know what right. I'm saying? So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you, you got it, it's the, the way the game's being played. It's dirty. It's grimy. And if you're not trying to play it dirty and grimy, get the fuck out the way because you're going to get your feelings hurt. Yeah. Transitioning to that, moving on to Deion Sanders. He says he's going after line men and former players uh, starting to come out now on certain shows and talk about um, those eight to ten players that we need to get us over the hump. But guess what today is? It's portal day. <laughs> I am in the portal like, like yeah, I'm not hard to find. You know I'm not hard to find. And guess what I'm finding? Lineman. Lineman. I, I, I kind of am embarrassed, dog, because did you get that tweet I sent you, Bailey? Can you pull it up? Uh, texted it to you if you can get it. This is becoming – this is recruiting now. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's the laziest shit I've ever seen. And it's I'm not just talking Dion here. I'm talking nationally. I'm talking this is what it is. You don't have to go on the road no more. You do this video. You do a fucking TikTok. And every player out there sees it. They like you. Oh, they may come visit you or come to your school. We don't go turn over rocks no more and find the guys. This is a D1 coach. This is what recruiting is now. Top portal safeties, hit me up. <laughs> like, what? Like, we're enabling this fucking portal thing. We're all sitting here talking about it, yet we are enabling it as the adults in the room, as the recruiter and the coach. Like, but it, it just not to cut you off, it's kind of like what Tank just said in a, in a different way. Like, everybody else is doing it, so it's a disservice as a coach. If I'm sitting around, kind of you know, playing my thumbs, and I'm like, no, nah, I love the old school way, I'm gonna go drive 10 miles, 10, 10 hours this way, I'm gonna drive five hours this way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna keep it the old school way. And everybody else is out here just going on Twitter and make social media videos, and they getting the same exact access, even better. I'm and shit, I'm the, I'm the crazy one now. I'm like, I'm I'm doing myself and my team a disservice I'm, I'm by not honest. utilizing social media. You should maximize all resources. Social I'm, media, you should still drive and do the old school shit that, that, you, that you did. You should do everything to recruit, in my opinion. But they don't. They're doing one thing, and it's all electronic. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. The hunt is the fucking whole deal. 
If you're a real true grinder and a go-getter, the hunt is where you build a relationship. The hunt yes. and the find is where you go build the relationship, talk to the mama and meet that mama. Without it, you are going to have the highest transfer rates in the history of the game, which happened at midnight last night because you have no relationship with the mama, the daddy, the auntie, the grandma, whether you're hitting the mama or not as a coach. I know about it. I'm going to keep it real. Did I have to hit a mama to get the kid? Sure. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that kid wasn't leaving me, Tank. Kid yeah. wasn't fucking leaving me. But uh, you're telling me on TikTok, hey, dog, I just did a video. Come through. And all right, I'll come. I like you, Dion. Motherfucking transfer portal next semester, though, because you didn't build no relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, dog. It's a I mean, study. Here's, I mean, this is kind of like a, an analogy. I like, I look at like the one and done culture in in uh, in basketball, right? It's completely changed the landscape of the NCAA, and and I think it's shit. And and that's why in March Madness, I always look for the team that's like has the veterans, the the seniors, the juniors that have been together. And on the flip side of that, when it comes to like when it comes to teams who are who are winning in football, I, I look at the teams who who have you know. A, the upperclassmen who are playing, who are doing good. And so you can, like like Dion, he can get all the guys he wants out of the portal, but it doesn't cause cohesion. It doesn't, it, it's not the camaraderie. It's just a bunch of talented players on islands playing around. And so, but, but when it comes down to, you know, the, the, the college football playoff, I'm looking for the guys who has, you know, guys who have been together. And I, I think that's going to be uh, something that you're going to have to weigh when it comes to winning you're going to look at, okay, these guys have been together for the longest period of time in this transporter world. And, and that's going to be like a way that you can judge the, the success of these teams, because listen, you can get all the talent you want, but that, that camaraderie, you can't fake that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. I, but I with the know, portal, man. I don't know if teams are even having that anymore anyway, really any teams, you know, it's just disgusting. Here, here, I'll leave you with this. Here's my take on it. What is Bezos? And Elon Musk have in common money. No, different, different innovators, different disruptors. They didn't go the same route as everyone else that you guys are saying. This is what you got to do. You don't got to keep up with the Joneses. The cat that goes from spread to fucking twenty-one personnel and runs ISO again is going to be the fucking national champ. I'm telling you right now. If I took a job right now, I'm running 21 ISO at your bitch ass because linebackers are scared. They're going to turn it down. You ain't going to have to handle the double no more. You Different is what wins. I would be different if a motherfucker gave me a job. I'm going to go out there and fucking people are going to be like, damn, I didn't get 200 of these motherfuckers in the portal. But you know what? I went and got the best 20 dudes that I know ain't going to leave me. That's going to fucking back me. That's going to run through a wall for me. That is going to buy into my culture. That's not going to leave me every semester. And then they're going to text and DM their homies. And they're going to tell the next 20. And I'm going to get those guys. Except we're not doing that no more. That's wishful thinking, JB. I think you're going to do that. And you're going to get your motherfucking ass whooped. That's what's going to happen. Because (laughs) you're not going to be able to just just do it the old school way right like that's 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 what happens if you don't how do we know though if you well listen listen in terms of running the football against all this spread i agree there but in terms of recruiting you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to swim with the sharks because if if you don't you're gonna get ate up on the 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 talent is gonna it's gonna get wide while you're developing that player 
while you're developing that relationship, they're going to they're going to get an instant an instant all conference player. And now, you know, your guy who, hey, good job. You're making improvement, but he's not all conference. And so I, I, I think the, the, the game is just it, it's just changing and we, we can't reach and grab backwards. We got to we got to roll with, with how, how it's going. I mean, and, and it's unfortunate and it, and it hurts me to say that. I don't, I don't, fuck, I wish the game was at, at least some type of fabric of what it used to be, but this shit is a slippery slope downhill, and it's already vertical. It's gone. And uh, so much money involved, like, right now, this Cam Moore guy, everybody's saying, like, people are saying it costs about a million, a million and a half, two million to get a quarterback right now. So you, you can build a great relationship with the recruit, you can go, you can have, you can rub his mama's feet, you can cook for him, you can have a guy on your team. But if the offseason comes around and this other team's offering this dude $2 million and your program just can't afford it, there is nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Like a, a kid's yeah. going, a kid from, from who, who ain't got no fucking money, never seen type of money, getting offered $2 million, you could be the best recruiter ever. They gonna leave for that $2 million. That is what it is. You know how you can stop it? How? Stop paying them. But that's not gonna happen. I, I feel you. Well, saying, I, 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 reality. So. Everybody I, needs to stop paying them and let them get back to reality. Do you think that these college kids, if they didn't get a dime from anybody, not a dime, I'm not saying no pay them. I want the kids to make money. What I'm saying is, when you throw it out there and you and you continue to extend this fucking so-called proverbial leash that we're allowing these guys to have, we've given them the power. I'm not the dictator that says, "Oh, don't don't let the kids have any say." But I'm also the one that believes in hierarchy. And without it, Tank and I wouldn't be here. Without it, we would never listen to a fucking grown man and never would have said thank you or please and open the door for an older lady, which we lack in this world right now. Just keep it real. And there is no hierarchy because these 17-year-old prima donnas you've given a Lambo to that don't even know how to fucking park it yet are the same ones transferring four times and thinking they're the shit. When really they're not. And now you're seeing a watered-down NFL product because they're not getting coached, tutored, or mentored at the college level anymore and being taught what the NFL needs to survive. They don't right. know what the fuck's going on in the NFL no more but, but I because think, college, we're not. But I think the NFL, I, I think I think they are um, I think they are placating to the organizations instead of the true blue fans now i think that's what's gonna get lost they they've stopped you know the the people who's had season tickets for 30 years and those you know they're they're you know big fans of the game now it's all about you know uh, appeasing these organizations right and so and that's why i think the value of nfl teams is gonna it's gonna start to go down i think that's why you're gonna start seeing uh, all these owners start to quote unquote let minority owners in because i think they've seen that these teams that Football as we know it has reached a cap. the The real fans are dying out; and they're not going to be there. And these teams that are at this six million dollar valuation, seven billion dollar valuation, I, I think a lot of these owners you're going to start seeing them selling off majority shares of their team because they know that it's it's no longer about the fan; it's about not pissing off organizations. And that's just how we're running the game now. And, and I think these the, the the value of these teams are going to start to tank. Um, here, this is a little take from Dion. We're talking Dion. This is Dion uh, yesterday. Understand, we at this point we have not lost anything that we desperately have to have. 
Now, if you say a Travis or Shador or, or this guy or that guy, I got a problem now. Now I'm going to address that. Everything is Travis, Shador. What? I'm just going to be honest. Uh, now, listen, Smitty says it all the time. We know that's clipped. We that could be a whole other fucking topic. He could be talking about something totally different. We don't. We we've seen this. We've seen this a lot of times. But the fact of the matter is, we have seen him continue to discuss a couple major three guys. And what parent, like Tank, you got a kid coming up the ranks? I talked to Brian Erlacher about this. I've talked to E Dub about this. What parent in their right mind sending their kid, especially if you play quarterback, to Dion? There's a reason they've lost three D commit quarterbacks. There's a reason why quarterbacks just transferred out of Colorado. You can't talk about I, I, I in this team game. Like, especially as the leader, CEO, head coach, and especially as a guy so I watched as Deion Sanders is. I just, it's just a continued bad look when you're talking about these particular guys. I would have said everything different. Yeah, I'm not losing shit. We're going to bring in guys. We got guys. I mean, I didn't hear that. So just give me your guys' take on that. Go ahead, Smitty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we're overblowing it. I think everything Dion do, get, we just we fucking take it and run with it. One direction or the other. Either we fucking love it and everybody just in love with it and they're the best, he's the best, or you just hate everything he's doing. I just no middle ground. I, I, I heard that. It didn't really move me in any rich, rich direction. I'm assuming the question was asked, are you concerned about the players that, that, that have left for your team here in the portal? And he's just saying, no, I, I right now, being honest, we haven't lost anything that was so major to where it's, it's just affecting us majorly. And it's affecting us in a way that's going to change the game. Now, the examples that he used, sure, from a, um, from a look, look standpoint, standpoint, a brand standpoint, would it be better if he started naming other players? So, so everyone seemed like they're, they're, they're getting the love and it's a, it's more than this. These few players. Yes, I agree. From a from a look, from an optic standpoint, it would look better to say somebody else. But I saw shoot, I saw D Jones in here make a comment like, "But let's be real, are are, are those not their best players?" So like, it is it, it, what it is. Yeah. So like, I'm just saying. Like he said, I haven't lost anybody that's like been such a major impact. Where it's like, oh, how are we gonna move forward? And that's just hey, the hey, truth. Hey, so hey, like, the issue, if the though. truth that's is the truth, then then why are we getting yeah, mad? But at? It ain't the truth because. You can't you can't conduct the coaching staff that way or a program that way because what's going to happen is you don't go by your three guys. They're not going to be Colorado's fucking future in three years. You're building a program. If you're not building a program, then you're telling me subconsciously or not, you're telling the world I'm here for one more year yeah. with these two dudes, homie. Yeah, like, right. when is the motherfucker going to take off the goggles out here and understand right. the coaching world is bigger? I'm building a program. Right. I'm not here for two years just to coach my son. That is what it sounds like, and that is why you're not getting the dudes that's going to – you got to recruit. Smitty, you know this. You got to recruit dudes for years. That's why yeah. we have such a thing as a 27 commit now and a 2026 commit now, which is so stupid in my opinion because there's just it's never going to happen. Not now. You're not going to get to 27 commit anymore, by the way. He's fucking right. gonna go to six other schools before 2027. Yeah, so I, I think yeah, JB, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think what what Dion is definitely turning off other recruits, right? Like he again, he's not giving the impression that he's trying to build a program. He's trying to he's building it, he's giving the impression that he's about to hit a lick, you know, and, and that's kind of that, that's how it sounds. And and I mean, like I said, I love Dion. 
uh, obviously a big guy, you know, big player in our era. But in terms of this coaching, I think he's got it all wrong. I think he's he's kind of the problem that is going on in college football because of his rhetoric. You know, I, I just don't think he has the balance, you know, to to understand that, like, every comment you make is recorded and every time you put something out there, you're either bringing a player closer to you or pushing him away. And every time you, you know, uh, put Shador on the pedestal, you know, now, you know, a, a quarterback knows I got no shot. I got no shot of playing there. If I go there and beat him out, there's no competition. He's going to play, even if I'm better. And you always want to give the, at least the illusion that you're, you know, it's fair and balanced. And he's just like, Hey, these is my dogs. I'm riding with them. And I just so are we mad that he's being that he's just being real with everybody, whether we like it or not. That's what it is. That's what it is. As a recruit, I know players and stuff when coaches lie to him. Are oh, you going to be our guy when you get here? And this, this, and that. That's worse to me than just being, hey, yeah, Shador starting this year, but next year you will be in position to, to be the guy. That just we 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 men, we young men, but this is the real world. Don't lie to me. JB said a quote today earlier this. I think it was today or or I think it was earlier this morning. Like. Basically, just saying, like I'd rather know the brutal, honest truth than to be told a beautiful lie. In 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 in, in summary, that's best what you said. Be real with me, Shadour. That's my son. I want him going to the league. He's fucking starting. Travis Hunter. He's like a son. He's one of the best athletes in 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 college football. He's the guy. He's starting. Other positions, they're up and they're available. If you want to come compete for those, come play. If you're willing to sit sit, if you're a quarterback and you're willing to sit a, a year and and kind of learn and wait. Then cool, come here. Smart, That's what it Smitty, is. you're fucking all wrong, homie. You don't approach recruiting. Now. You don't approach recruiting as these yeah, not, jobs not, are taken. Not, not recruiting. You don't approach recruiting as these jobs are taken, homie. You don't go into a house and say, "Hey, these jobs are open. These I ones." Hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Let's homie. be real. But let's be you real, JB. Team, like, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But like. All these schools that have top quarterbacks and top like fuck like for example, whoever the backup quarterback is for Washington, when they came into the team like going into this season and Michael Pence was there, you can say what you want. You can say, Oh, I got a chance. No, you fucking don't. Let's be real. You're not starting over Michael Pence Jr. So let's be real. Teams That's Ohio not, State. But, but, I'm not starting over Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not. But, but, so like ain't, ain't no point of you trying to put this whole facade in my brain that I got Mitty, a chance to play with Mitty, calm when down, not. Homie. Let's be real. No, well, well, okay, time homie, out. There's Hold four on, five well, receivers on a team. There's one quarterback. Just, just, Come on, my man. Point, though. I, I just understand my point. There's certain guys that already got positions solidified. That's my that's my point. You can't recruit that position. way. Though. I'm saying there's certain positions that are solidified. Yeah, we yeah. know that this guy has that position. That's what it is. Yeah, no, Smitty. Smitty, you're right on that. JB, you can't tell him to calm down when you turn in red. Time out. So listen. So look. I'm just white. Is, I get pink. So 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 this is how it is, man. Like to to JB's point, right? Like when when you're when you're recruiting, right? Like that's the that's the it's the great illusion, right? It's the to to make every player feel like it's a possibility. And then when you land on campus, now it's like, oh, you gotta work, right? And and I think what 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 JB is saying is just like, you know, when, when you leave with that, and 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 yeah, Jay, to your point, Smitty, he's absolutely you're absolutely right. Nobody's starting over Shador, nobody's starting over the other kid, and, and that's just how it is. But but in terms of recruiting, you've got to be able to to at least come off fair, impartial, and balanced. And and he's he's just he's just playing to the new game. And I, and I, I just think it's just a it's a shit show, uh, the way he's recruiting because now he's losing the opportunity 
to be able to actually recruit. Because when you when you when you talk like that, then you can never go into someone's living room and say, "Hey, you know, I'm here to give you an opportunity." The parents are gonna be like, "Well, you said this, 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 and this," and so he what what he's saying is you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth when you're recruiting and he's locking himself into a position that's going to turn off valuable recruits. That's, that's the point. The point is he's, he's backing himself into a corner and he thinks that he's like bragging, but he's really giving himself the, the least possible way to success. That's the point. If I, I, and I I get both take, I, I'm getting to the point where they hired a face and a in a in a in a draw and not a football coach, especially not a power five one. Like I love Dion. I've always loved him, but I don't know if he's a coach over a attraction. And it's starting to look that way in the big picture of things. And that's just my take on that. I, I hope he wins and succeeds. I'm not wishing on his downfall. All I'm saying is I've been doing this a long time. I've seen what wins. I've done it. I've also lost. Uh, I'm just telling you, I I haven't seen it done this way, even in this era, even in this crazy era we're in. Hey, it's at nine, man. Let's end it with some hell yeah, hell nah real quick. But before that, though, I want to show you this one text right here. This is what's going on out here in the recruiting world. I just got this from a good friend. When I recruit a high school kid, I have to deal with a top 14, top eight, and other random announcements for clicks with no real gauge on their interest. While a kid in the portal will usually tell me exactly what he's looking for, and if interest is there from the jump, that's also what's killing high school recruiting. Okay, real quick, though. (laughs) Let's be honest. We made that that way. We made this this way. If you didn't recruit the portal or allow the portal, then you wouldn't be killing high school, and those kids couldn't tell you that. The reason the portal kid's telling you that because they know they're on their last leg. It's like the cat going to jail. He's going to snitch on his homie. This is what we're doing now. This motherfucker's snitching, homie. This is what we've created. We've created a bunch of snitch-ass motherfuckers because we don't want to go out and turn over rocks and find the hungry high school kid. Guess what, dog? You know how many times I've been told no? It just takes the one no to tell me yes. But we're so lazy, we get told no one time. Guess what? If, if, if a motherfucker told me no, you know what I'd be? A motherfucking pussyless virgin. <laughs> right. Like, why don't I, if you can't go get no pussy, you cannot recruit. Keep it 100. And I used to fire coaches. Hey, coach, when last time you had some pussy? Shit, coach, been fired. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm being real, homie. If you can't get no pussy, you can't recruit. That's uh, not the No, I, I, that's I think take. I think we have to listen. I do not believe it'll be very hard to go back to the system where if you transfer, you got to sit out a year. I don't think that's gonna be very yeah. hard. That that's not gonna be very hard to re-implement. I, I think we've overcorrected. You know, when when guys start saying that this coach is messing up my mental health. And so, therefore, I should be able to play right away. And then they broke the gate open. I think if we, if President Mark Emmert at the NCAA, who was also the president of the University of Washington when I was there, if it is going to be very simple to reestablish, if you transfer, you sit out. No doubt. 
Let's go, Smitty. We got some hell yeah, hell no. Uh, Tank killed you last week, by the way, in that shit. Um, that was a competition? I right. I didn't know he was competition. <laughs> it's not. Hey, right. look, JB Ray, JB trying to put the two. Look, you the only other brother that come on this show outside me. I'm I'm be by myself as the brother. We finally got another brother on this show. He's trying to pull the We called hey, Smitty, I ain't going. I ain't going. What you call it? Hold on, what T Rich? T Rich is like tonguing or something. He said he said Rikishi. He said Rikishi is his uncle. T Rich said Rikishi is his uncle. T Rich Blackard, everybody in this motherfucker. All right, hell yeah, hell nah. Here we go. Tank you up. Will Aaron Rodgers return this season? Hell no. Not if he on that flimsy ass Achilles. Hell no. Man, I'm going to say hell no, only because the Jets are not going to be in the playoff contention. If they were in the playoff contention, Aaron would come back and just to prove a point. But now I don't think he's going to – there's no point of risking that if it's not going to mean anything. So hell no. I'm going to say hell yeah. This is why. He has to get a few snaps in to tell his psyche and himself that I'm ready to go next year and get this team back to what it is. I don't think he plays every game full go. I think he does return, though, at some point, and, and at least shows the world I came back. He's too egotistical driven. He's too fucking smart ass of a guy to say, oh, I'm just going to sit out. He's going to show the world that he did do defeat. The first situational quarterback. Yeah. Red, red zone, yeah. get him in there. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, well, hell no. First. What's your boy for the Saints? Uh, what's my oh, boy? Yeah, yeah. Taysom, Taysom, whatever. Taysom Hill, Taysom, Taysom Hill, Hill. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, hell no. Nah. Brock Purdy will win the MVP. Hell no, nah, he shouldn't. Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. He, 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 Vegas has him climbing up. Minus 600 right now. Hell no. Nah. He ain't winning that thing. They ain't, they ain't even going to let Brock win that thing. If the Niners run this thing and get into the they're the one seed, and that's about when they pick, it's gonna be hard to keep them out. Well, I, I do, I do know the the NFL loves a a story, and if Mister Relevant is in the run for MVP, I I I do think the NFL might do some little janky shit and and, and have him win it just because He's plus three hundred now. And just and, and and the NFL loves to anoint the great white hope, whether it's Luke Keekley, Christian McCaffrey. If you're a white dude and you're balling, the NFL's like, yeah, that's our guy. So I mean, I still say hell no, but if he's close, the NFL gonna be like, let's get him in there. Hey, you he's a he's a rarity. White white motherfucker rare about 10%. Went to high went to high school with my daughter. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Hell yeah, hell nah. Christian McCaffrey's the best white running back of all time. Woo! I'm, mm, I'm going to say y'all older than me, so y'all got more knowledge than me on this. I'm going to say hell yeah, though, off the top of the head. I'm going to say hell yeah. I'm going to say hell yeah, but just because, like, yeah, he's he's tough, and who, who else is there? Who's my boy that was on the cover of Madden from the Browns? Uh, yeah, he almost Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. Hillis was nice, but he I don't think he's better than McCaffrey. I don't think. Nah, he he was a he was a straight straight head guy. He had no. I mean, he he didn't have that much wiggle. Um, I, I think yeah yeah. I mean, because there's there's only like two three. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so look, 
I'm old school. John Riggins was a motherfucker. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. Yeah. So was Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka, yeah. Uh, and you know, you've had some hit and miss. Mike, Mike Allstott was was a was a fullback. Um there's been some great ones. Another another Stanford alum who's a California Norco guy, Toby Gerhardt was unbelievable coming out of college and then he, he short-lived NFL career. But NFL-wise, yeah. He got uh, it. He, he got it right now. Yeah, for sure. I think if he if he continues to play, I think yeah. those, those guys that played in the 80s, you know, they they played a long time and I think he's just got to stay healthy. Yeah. He's, he's he's the Eminem of NFL. Facts. Hell yeah, hell no. Nah. The Rams are a playoff team. Hell no. Nah. They playing well right now, Tank. The motherfuckers are playoff team, playing. wild card. I say hell yeah. I can see them making the wild card. I'll say hell yeah. I'm looking at the NFC standings and I'm like, fuck, they just passed the Seahawks. Like they're they're all in the mix right now. Come on, Gino. Shit. I know, Gino, man. They've been tripping lately. Uh hell yeah, hell nah. I'm gonna say yeah. Hell yeah, hell nah. Alabama wins the natty. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, with my huskies in there, I gotta say hell nah. I gotta say that my dogs is gonna do it no matter what I know on the inside of my heart. I'm gonna say hell no, nah, man. I'm gonna say hell no. Nah. I'm gonna I'm still stay on that Michigan bandwagon. Uh, this is a very tough opponent for them because they always they win at the line of scrimmage with their big offensive linemen and they're running the ball well. But they not. I don't think they're gonna be able to just bully Alabama up front. Bama don't get bullied at the line of scrimmage, so they're gonna have to figure out a way to throw that ball, like Steve Kim said, and and and, and, and make them kind of kind of keep them honest on defense or to where they can't stack the box and. uh We'll see. That's going to be a hell of a game, but I think Michigan's going to pull it off. Well, been another great show. Smitty. Yeah, we didn't even, he didn't even give an answer, but it's all right. What? You, you didn't answer. No, I, I, yeah. Oh, I didn't answer. I got, uh, I think they're playing Texas again. unfortunately. I like Washington too. I think you can't. Uh, like I said, I beat. I picked them to beat Oregon. I said the heart of a champion. They're undefeated. They only know how to win right now. They do not know how to lose. So, them in Michigan are the only you know teams that do not know how to lose. So I, I think the, I think I think my the one thing my Huskies got going is they got the football gods on their side. I mean, there's so many times Penix throws in a double coverage. Uh, they they come out with the catch. It's you know they. I, I would think it's poor time management, and they end up winning the game. Listen, the football gods love my Huskies this year. It's the year of the Husky. I got to and, – and, and for one of our great fans here, Eddie Manyweather, Dallas Cowboy fan, Tank played for the Cowboys. The last hell yeah, hell nah, perfect timing. If the, if the, if the Cowboys get put out first round, hell yeah or hell nah, Dak Prescott will not return. Wait, hell no, he won't return, or hell yeah, he'll return. I don't, I don't, how do we say that? Hell no, nah, he won't I think, return. Uh, yeah. I, I think, listen, I, I, listen, Jerry Jones, one thing I know about Jerry, he's loyal, he's loyal to the soil. I think he's going to be back regardless. Yeah, I, I actually agree now. And also, looking at how Dak's been playing after the, the first six games were a little shaky, after that, he's been playing lights out. He actually might win MVP. Especially that he keeps staying on this same track. He beats the Eagles, outplays Jalen Hurts this upcoming weekend. I think regardless, because of how well he's playing, he's on he's gonna stay around. Hey, we gotta end with white people shit. We didn't do it. We gotta get it with Tank. We got some white people shit. We gotta oh show. Uh white people shit. 
sponsored to you by betonline.ag. Have a listen to this shit. This is particularly white girl shit. I just want to play Two Truths and a Lie. Yeah. For TikTok? Yeah. Go first. Okay. okay. Um, I'm blonde. Okay. Um, <laughs> I used to play competitive basketball. <laughs> Obviously not. And um, Victoria's been sleeping with my boyfriend. Are you kidding? What? You've been sleeping with my boyfriend. I know. Can you turn the phone off? No. Matt, are been you fucking sleeping... kidding me? No. Turn the phone off. No. This isn't funny. Madison, turn. Madison, turn the phone off. <laughs> Wait up. So you get to be mad? You've been fucking my man? You, you get to get mad? Shorty in the middle was like, Yeah, she's like, What? Are you for real? Hey. <laughs> See, if that was black people shit, the, the bit the bitch would have said it and then she would have went over there on the bitch, right? Oh yeah. It'll be, got, it, it, it would have been some tracks coming out and all yeah, that, man. That Listen, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody might have pulled up the John Morant. Ain't no some hey, white girl. Happen. She, she knows she live in Newport. Either way, she happy. I don't know. She been, she been fucking my husband. Competitive basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Set her ass up. So I'm blind. And so blind. Blind. She had no stress, homie. No stress. Wow. Hey, much love, Tank. It's Tank Talk with Tank Tuesday. Doc Talk, Dr. Jesse Morse joining us. Steve Kim. We'll be back tomorrow for Work Boot Wednesday. And uh, hit the like button, subscribe. We need 1,000 likes. Hit the like, break the algorithm. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow for another day, another dollar. Uh, Tank, you guys stick around. Tank, after the, after this, uh, we'll talk, chop it up real quick uh, before we uh, we get out of here and talk about next week and uh, a couple of things. I know Smitty got to get out of here. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Pound the like button. Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing, we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.